So this is the first one ever live. Is it? It says offline. Let's see. Do 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 do. There's probably a bit of a delay, right? Just like YouTube or UStream, rather. It says starting. It says offline to me, though. Say offline to you. Oh, here we go. Something's happening. I see a spinning wheel. Proud Mary, keep on burning. <laughs> Big wheel, keep on turning. Nope. Yes. Success. Stephen right. Crowder, you are the first official broadcast streamed live That's on YouTube. That's not a good guest. sign. It's a great get sign. Why is that bad? Well, the you're monsters gonna, yeah, you're going to get some monsters on YouTube. <sighs> we Jufag makes appearances quite a bit when I appear. I'm Who's not Jewish guy? or gay. Did someone call you a Jew fag? Is All the it? time, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you, which is funny because I'm not Jewish or gay. My brother and I did a video um, when YouTube had just started. It was 2006. So I don't know if you remember, there was a rash of really bad impression videos. It would be like, I'm going to do 100 impressions. And it was some guy doing like Kermit the Frog. You know, cartoons are not impressions. You're just doing cartoon voices like at a right. kid's party. And so I did one where I did these impressions that were really mediocre. But my brother was my Ed McMahon. And he was just laughing his ass off. He just thought <laughs> it was hilarious. And then it goes on for like five minutes, and then I do a pretty spot-on Harrison Ford impression. My brother's like, you need, to, you need to work on that one a little bit. <laughs> and so we have these, this is the new, YouTube was new, uncensored, and it's like, you're a Jew fag, and I hope you get AIDS from that Jew fag, not realizing he's my brother. My brother's not Jewish either. And uh, there were people who hated it because they thought the impressions were awful. There were people who hated it because they got the joke, and they felt like they'd been shortchanged. And there were people who liked it because they got the joke, and there were people who liked it because for some reason they thought the impressions were good, and they were all fighting, and we were going... What is, what is this? Monsters. Monsters. Tapping into monsters. But you do realize that you're feeding those monsters by bringing up their actual name, like saying all that stuff. Like you, you're giving mm. them the attention that they so desperately seek. Is that like, like poltergeist? Yes. Thing you're feeding them? Yeah, yeah it's like Candyman. Yeah, Candy but there's Man. also... Candyman. <laughs> Candyman. That's a horrible film. When you go it's back and watch it, it's not, not good. good at all. <laughs> it's like one of those things you watch when you're a kid and you're scared, and you go back and you're like, no, no, trust, trust me, let's watch this. You watch it with your girlfriend, and you just wish you would have left it there. Yeah. Do you know what the one did that to me is Altered States? I didn't see Altered States. Oh, it was so good. Well, I, it was what got me into isolation tanks. I was uh, fascinated by it, and that's what got me into it. And it got me into John Lilly, the guy who the whole movie was actually based on this one guy. Yeah. Who not, obviously, didn't really turn into a monkey. Do you remember the movie, the William Hurt movie? I don't remember the film. He got a hold of some crazy psychedelic brew from the Amazon jungle and <laughs> took it and brought it back to America and had these experiences where he regressed into some monkey beast thing. And he went to the zoo and Altered killed States. a bunch of animals. Yeah, like you had like the the change, but when you you know, I was watching. <laughs> what was that? It. That's the noise. <laughs> I mean, I probably was like fifteen like Larry or Flint something. Larry Flint came in. Larry Flint. Trying to push his wheelchair. Um, I watched it when I was like fifteen or something like that. I was in high school, and I was like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" Yeah. And then I watched it again when I was like thirty-nine, and I was like, "Oh, this is such a piece of that shit." It, that happened with me like two weeks ago with my wife. And I feel ashamed. Ninja Turtles. Because oh. I was up late and I'm on Netflix. I'm watching Megan Fox, Ninja Turtles. My wife's like, this is terrible. I go, you know, no, you don't know Ninja Turtles. Because there, it was, at one point it was actually a good <laughs> film. And I take it back and I watch it. And I'm like, well, maybe let's try Ninja Turtles too. And it just gets worse. Well, you know, the shit that's good when you're little and it's still good when you're little. But when you're not little, it's not good. Like I took my kids to see this. Uh, there's a show called Wild Kratz. Yeah, well, I worked with PBS. They'd come in every now and then. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. And, and Arthur was my it's, it's first It's a very gig. good show. The show is very good. Like, yeah. the television show. The live show is terrible. 
Oh, it's like a museum where you just see a video display kind of deal, isn't it? Like that? No, it's worse than that. It's way worse than that. It's but meanwhile, my five-year-old fucking loved it. Like I took her to see it. It was uh, at the Pantages in Hollywood, and okay. the, they put on these suits. Like in the show, there's this. What, what the show is about? It's an educational show for people who don't know that it is all about wildlife, and kids learn a lot of stuff. We like, used to be Zabumafu. With the Kratz yeah. brothers. Yeah. And um uh nothing like an actual lemur. No. Very inaccurate. Yes. They can be aggressive. Actual lemurs can yes, be aggressive. Actual yes. lemurs. So you know some go, kid went to the zoo and was like, this is a boom of food and just I'm got his go face torn <laughs> off by a monkey on red wine and Xanax. <laughs> but the um the show, like my five year old learns all kinds of shit from it because like she'll say, you know, Daddy, did you know that alligators or crocodiles, I think it is, they decide whether or not they're male or female based on the temperature of the water. I'm like, fuck, is that true? And so I Google it. I'm like, holy shit, my five-year-old just schooled me on crocodile, uh, the gendered assignment. I think if we're being honest with ourselves, your five-year-old would probably school you on the difference between an alligator and a crocodile, because I'm no. still murky on it. I'm pretty clear <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Every I've, time I've, I get, you know, I was like, well, those crocodiles goes by the snouts. One of them is rounder, yeah, right? Yeah, alligators. I know Steve Irwin has a lot of respect for the American alligator. Steve Irwin did? Yeah, he was a crocodile hunter, but I remember when he got around some gators, he was like, this is... Don't these guys are serious? Well, actually, alligators are not nearly as aggressive as crocodiles. Crocodiles are way more dangerous. Well, that's factually inaccurate. <laughs> it's the opposite. American alligators are smaller, or they're well, they're smaller than crocodile, like Nile crocs. But right. you know, these fucking douchebags. Some people have released Nile crocodiles in Florida, so they found a few of them in the Everglades, and so they have a, a seek and destroy. Mission like if you see a uh, Nile crocodile like game wardens everyone is supposed that to kill happened, it on site That happened in Michigan with those uh, Lampreys you ever seen those? Yeah, I and mean, actually as a matter of fact I think you've done her show Dana Lash and her husband they were coming up to my yes. wedding up there Yeah, and he was like, I'm not I'm not going up there. They got lampreys in the lake I'm like they have no sharks. They have no stingrays. You have lampreys. You know, it's, a, it's scary It's got oh, like yeah. a mouthful of teeth. They're cool. They're like they're, aliens. Yeah, but they're not pleasant to be in the water with. But they've exterminated like, I think, 90-something percent of them. But it's that 10-something percent that you still have to worry about up there in the Great Lakes. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of invasive species from other countries that they've done that with. Those uh, Asian carp, that's one of them. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, folks, you got to Google it because it's the craziest fucking thing. You get, there's YouTube videos. For whatever reason, when you ride boats, they jump out of the water. And they have knocked people dead. Like, knock people out cold. They jump out of the water. Have people actually died from Asian carp? I, I bet people have died, because okay. I know people have been knocked out cold. I know, I know well, personally- a, a lot of weight. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They're like 30 pounds, and they're fucking jumping in the air. And well, Mako sharks head. will do that, you know. Really? Yeah, Mako sharks can get- I mean, maybe you can bring it up. Like, I want to say 60 miles an hour, something absurd, and they'll go right into boats. Whoa. Yeah, Mako sharks. So they just slam into boats, but they don't no, they no, no. fly they get, in they the get air? on fishing boats. Yeah, they'll wow. actually, like, because they're just going so fast, and I think they're coming for the bait. You can find videos if you bring them up. Have you ever seen a video of the kayakers that get fucking swamped by the whale? The whale breaches? I've read Moby Dick. No, this is a real one. This is a real one? This is a real one, yeah. They get See if you can find that. The the whale uh, swamps some kayakers. Yeah, these fucking poor fools are out in a kayak. Go, I love whales. It's amazing <laughs> to be in this environment. When you're around nature, it just makes you feel so wonderful. They yeah. care about us. They look at this fucking whale just... Yeah. And these poor fuckers well, just I was get, in Florida. Here, watch this shit. Oh, is it? Where do I go? This way, this way? Anyone. It doesn't matter. Watch this. Oh my gosh! Kill them oh, all! Oh, you fucked up, son! Kill them all! <laughs> I 
that's one thing I talked about. I remember, and I got someone really mad in stand-up a bit about sharks. I was like, watch, I, this, watch this in close-up. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, gosh. I mean, that's got to weigh, what, 10,000 well, pounds? were they dead or did they just kind of move with it because it's water? I mean, if that happens on land, you're dead. Yeah, I would assume they just move with it. I mean, they probably got fucked. The real scary thing is if you get knocked unconscious by the blow and then you go, look at that's the impact of it. Oh, my Fucker. <laughs> Was it a hunchback? What do we know? I don't know. Big, oh, it looks like they're okay. Have you ever seen whales in real life? Oh, there they are. They're I've fine. seen dolphins. Uh, I don't think I've seen whales. I've seen whales. I went on uh, one of the one of the things. My daughter had this uh, school thing where you go over to uh, Zuma, Zuma Beach, like somewhere around November. I think mm -hmm. they start, and it's you don't even believe what you're seeing. Like right. you see them in the water, you're like, that's a fucking that's a real whale. Yeah. Like you see them, and you're like, oh my. When, I I guess it's like when you see them on TV, you go, yeah, they're big. I get it. But when you see them in real life and you get a perspective, you're like, oh my God, they're yeah. just living out there. Well, it's like Lena Dunham. You see her in the pictures and you know it's bad. <laughs> and then you see her in context next to someone. I see what you just did. You see what I did there? I it's okay. She blocked me quickly without me ever even tweeting her. One thing I will say, we were in Florida. She blocked you because of that video that you made? Is that what it was? No, she bought me long before that video. Really? I get blocked by people before I even talk to them. I do, too. I Sometimes I'm proud of it. Well, a lot of them are comedians, too. Who just Co comedians block yeah. you? Get the fuck out of here. What comedians have blocked you? Amy Schumer, <gasps> Mark Marin. I never tweeted them. What? Amy Schumer and I got in an argument uh, on Fox News a long time ago. No. About what? About a column I wrote, and we got into it, and I was like, okay. And I was, it was actually pretty respectful, but I, it happens with a lot of comedians, a lot of comics. Well, what was the column about? The column was about how, you know, as, a, as a Christian, how I wasn't having sex, and wrote about sort of the case for Christians who maybe aren't crazy, who wait until they're married. And she's like, I feel like it's really judgmental and really harsh. And I was like, okay, well, that's fine. This is my case, and you, you don't have to do it. She got really, really mad about it. You know what's interesting is if you were like a tantric Buddhist. That's exactly decided, what I said. Did you really say that? Yeah, I talked about that because, and right away off air, the first thing, and it's the same thing with, with Marin, who I, you know, I, I like, um, is, well, where do you do, you're not part of our club, are you a comedian? He does that, though. He did that with me. He's got yeah, this weird thing. Well, that thing was Schumer right before. Like, she, goes, she goes, well, where do you perform stand-up? Do you perform in the city? At this point, I was living in New York. I was like, no. She goes, where do you perform? Like, you're Christian, like churches? And I said, no, actually, but that sounded like a great idea. So then after that, I started calling up churches. Like, do you do stand-up? And there was one that responded yes. Um, and then I was, I was, they complained, and I never did another church again. Because <laughs> I had like I had a whole bit about not having sex. And the bit I wrote was that it's the final taboo. Like, I can go up and be as profane as possible, right? And I follow comedians, or I'll go up, and it's filthy. And my act is very politically incorrect. Like, I've been banned from places, but it's not dirty. And I said, then I go up and talk about not having sex, and everyone gets so uncomfortable. The church problem was that I talked about having a raging erection for four years where my family had to lift the furniture like a Great Dane's tail. So the church has had a problem with it. Um, so you, you did this for years? You, you didn't have sex? Yeah, for years. Why'd you do that? Because I didn't want to be a hypocrite. In, so, in what way? Well, as someone who is a, a, you know, a Christian, I don't really talk about it a lot, but I was like, you know what? I don't want to be, I don't want to be a target that easily as far as being a hypocrite. And I, that's why I did it. So sex, like... I mean, there's a lot of really. We got right off the bat. Yeah, yeah because this is a it's a it's a wacky subject, you know. Like as a discipline, like there's some beautiful things about Christianity as a discipline, but the problem is as 
a practice, if you if you really pay attention to the scriptures themselves, it's so problematic. There's so many contradictions. There's so much crazy shit in there. Yeah. If you, you, are you going on the Old Testament? Well, if that's the case, you're, you're talking about some really nutty shit. If you're going on the New Testament, I don't get you're talking about some... Right but, off the bat. But you know what I'm saying. I understand. The New right Testament, you're talking about my... things that are created by Constantine. Right. A bunch of, you know, the canon was really manufactured. He wasn't even a Christian. Here's, here's so my he was issue. on his deathbed. Well, I don't talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll write about it because it's, it's a big part of what defines me. Like we had Harrison Greenbaum on and, you know, Norm MacDonald, Harrison Greenbaum went up and he did this bit about, you know, someone read me a, a scripture from a book, you know, on the, on the bus. And I said, well, if you get to quote your favorite book, I get to quote mine, Harry Potter, bitch. And he came on and he who was, was really, who is he? Harrison Greenbaum. He's on The Last Comic Standing. Oh, I didn't watch it. Uh, anyways, he was on the show. He claimed, he said he knew you. Really? And I had him on. He was really mad that I wrote gay comic gets uh, sort of shafted by Norm. And he was like, he was like, well, you know, first off, you use gay pejoratively. I said, yes. He goes, well, okay, so you know what that means? I said, sure. You're a comedian, right? Like, why is that a problem? Right. He goes, well, you know, first of all, you just didn't use it pejoratively, and you didn't even ask me. I said, well, are you gay? He goes, no. Oh, come and on. And I said, okay, I, I'll take your word for it, but I don't believe you. But let's just continue with the interview. <laughs> and we went on. And then afterwards, I was like, I was like, you know, the fact is, even if you're not gay, you make this Christian joke, but you don't touch Islam at all. And I know you claim you're straight, but they would throw you off a roof for your lisp. And he, um, the thing with Norm was he went out, he did this bit about the Bible, and you have Roseanne Barr on Last Comic Standing. And my commentary was just that Norm said, you know, I didn't think it was, uh, I didn't think it was accurate. You know, I didn't think it was funny at all. Uh, I didn't think it was risky. I thought it was very safe. And if you're going to insult an entire group of people who, you know, uh, know about the faith, you should probably know what you're talking about. That was it. Right. And he was so upset. And he was like, he was going, well, the audience is actually booing Norm. And I go, well, you're missing the point of the piece. It's that... Everyone was upset at Norm saying that, and Roseanne Barr is telling her, that's some risky shit, when he'd made a Bible joke, and Norm was just pointing out, it's really not that risky. Well, what was the joke? Do you remember? It was the guy quoting scripture. He said, well, I get to quote my favorite book, Harry Harry Potter, Potter, bitch. Yeah, that's not that risky. He's not gay. Well, he's gay as fuck. If he's if he sounds anything like your voice, it's well, I what is his name? Way. Can I look at him? Harrison Greenbaum. Pull him up on the, the screen, Jamie. He's going to bring up our interview with I will, him. I will tell you by looking. I have that that gift. Yeah, that's true. I got gaydar. that gift from Jesus. Wait, did you look at him? I can look at someone and find out if they're gay. Well, that's not gaydar. It's because that's it's a visual. Gift. It's, a, it's a it's a biblical it's like, gift or a divine. My gift. friend uh, David Pride says that's homo vision. <clears throat> well, he should he should go on TV and say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the he'll, guy. He'll do well. Okay, that guy's not gay. Hmm. Well, you can't go by a picture. Yes, I can. Just like that. <laughs> the sweater. With the white shirt That's underneath not the sweater. Fair. He's a nice guy. To be fair, Whatever. I was, just, I was making wrong the point. Being gay. I don't think there's anything wrong with being gay. My point was he got mad, and he didn't want me to take him out of context. So I said, okay, we'll do a pre-tape. We have to do two segments for air, and we did like a three-hour thing on it where I was where talking was, about- uh, Where was this interview being held? It was my show. Oh, your show. Okay. Yeah. So he came on your show. Yeah. All right. I'm going to slip in a request for you to go on. You can not okay. say no, but- No, I'd do it. Sure. It's, um, we know we go terrestrially. Actually, we're going- um, into syndication here with uh, Alex Jones's same guys at Genesis. Uh-huh. Doesn't mean I agree with Alex and a whole bunch, but uh, so we kind of have the show that's syndicated terrestrially, and then we do extended versions for the podcast. So we're kind of bridging that gap. Well, Alex is the exact opposite of you in in the sense of uh, Alex is not not having sex for any reason whatsoever. <laughs> I'm he's, married he, though. Well, Alex it's is great. He's a fucking animal. He's a crazy dude. Like p- people go, why are you friends with Alex Jones? I go, I'm friends with Alex Jones because I'm friends with Alex Jones. Right. Like, like what you're getting is Alex Jones on Infowars.com. What they're doing right now is trying <laughs> to take away life. They want to wipe out America. 
you know, he, he's, he's Do you a, do impressions in your act, or do you find it hard to I bring him in? I very rarely do. It feels hack to bring him in and stand up usually, doesn't it? Well, unless it's, there's a reason to do it. Like, if, right. I, if I have to do a Mike Tyson bit, if there's something happens with Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson, and I've got a, a bit, that there's a, well, you saw it from, like, 1991, there's something that's online, but... If there's a reason to do a voice, I'll do it. You know? Right. You know, like if I had a Bill Cosby bit, yeah. I would do Bill Cosby's voice. We do what well, we do on the podcast. So we do fake commercials. We do like dating advice with Bill Cosby, <laughs> minute news minute with uh, in a nick of time with Nick Nolte. So it's like the internet is actually it's funny. We we're talking about this when stand up when I started stand up. I started acting actually when I was twelve, and then I did stand up because the unions killed the industry in Montreal. There was just no more film coming into the city. You know, they used to shoot a ton of stuff in Montreal. Now, not so much. And so I was in my teens, and I had been writing stand-up for years for, like, school talent shows. Like, I think this would be funny because I grew up around it. And I thought it was so freeing to do it. And then it's kind of turned, like you were talking about this PC culture, where I think, and I was sort of wrong in a sense. I was like, these kids online, they're not, com they're not comedians. They don't know what it's like. But I think about it, you know, that's what the Marx Brothers would have said of stand-up. It's just an evolution of comedy. And you can't do stand-up in your bedroom, but you can do YouTube in your bedroom. Uh-huh. And so you look like at, at Nicole Arbor, this thing. I don't know if you saw. She was, did the fat shaming yes, thing. Yes, I did see that. And I didn't think it was particularly funny, but I defended her right to say it. But I was saying it doesn't matter if she's funny or not because people will always attack you for not being funny. They're not going to say that's offensive. You can't say it. They'll say, well, I just, you're just not funny, so you shouldn't be able to say that. And uh, PC, you know, the PC culture has really permeated stand-up in a way that's – I mean, it happened in Canada years ago. Yeah. People don't realize freedom of speech doesn't really exist in Canada. It's not a legally protected right. Well, you know about the guy in Vancouver who literally got sued and lost because he had some woman heckling him and he said a bunch of mean shit to her. And so he, uh, for whatever human rights violation, I forget what the actual uh, citation was, yeah. but he has to pay her like $15,000. Well, there's a pastor, Stephen Boisson, who... Um said he wouldn't marry two guys and spoke out against it and wasn't hateful. You know, everyone loves to paint the pastors, the Southern prayer. Oh, damn homos. Right. And he was just like, well, listen, that's not going to happen in my church. And um, he was actually banned from public speaking, lost his church, had to file an appeal. And so that's where, when I talk with people about it, you know, I think- Banned from public speaking by saying that he doesn't want to marry, marry gay guys. Gay yeah. guys. Yeah. And saying See? it's still against God's, you know, whatever his deal is, whether you agree with it or not, that's my point. It's still not okay to ban a guy from even having a church. I mean, Westboro Baptists right. have exactly. 12 people, nine of whom are the guy's family. They get so much press time. Meanwhile, we have over 300 million Muslims who want you to die for converting. And we're talking about the Westboro Baptists because they use the F word. Well, it's, word, it's, a, it's fun. That's it one of the fun. reasons why the Westboro Baptist Church, I mean, that guy, Phelps, was so fucking nuts. He was so out of his. Did you ever see the the Louis Theroux documentary? Yeah, where I he did. Went, where they ask him if he's Jewish? Shit. He's yeah. like, well, I don't think it should matter. <laughs> but are you Jew? I I'm not saying I'm I'm I am Jewish, but I don't understand why that should. That's not relevant. Are you a Jew? That was all they. Like, yeah. It was just a. It was like the guy on YouTube. Oh, uh, that guy. And they were doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Yeah, the white supremacists. Why do I not remember? They that? were training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I was like, "Do you not see the irony?" <laughs> they were training MMA, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. They and I'm, the yeah. Wait, no, wait, no. I'm thinking of a different one with Theroux on white supremacy. Oh, Westboro Baptist. Okay. No, he did a white supremacist one. I didn't see that one. And they were like training up their gang, and they were doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That oh, the, well, that's pretty ironic. I, Brazilians are not white, you fuck. Well, they kind of are. Some of them are. Well, they're the most racist people on the planet. Brazilians? Oh my god. Well, I wouldn't say they're racist. What I would say is that they're <laughs> nationalistic. They're very nationalistic, but but they're okay. very, but they're not in the sense because there's like half the country is black, like half the country is is like well, African. I don't know if you really sort of 
not to get into your wheelhouse, but like the, the Vitor Belfort Anderson Silva thing. Mm-hmm. If you look at a lot of the stuff like on the Brazilian message boards that people were saying, it was really like this sort of coming up of this black class in Brazil, where if you were black, you worked at McDonald's, you just weren't considered a first class citizen among oh. a lot of the pure Brazilians. I and mean, people don't even understand about Che Guevara in uh, in um, Cuba, same kind of thing. You know, I saw a kid wearing a Che Guevara shirt. I go, well, why don't you just wear a Hitler shirt? Well, what do you mean? He believed in pure European Spanish blood and executed people for not being that. Um, and uh, in Brazil, there really is a class structure. I mean, my Brazilian instructor, I won't say who I've had several, was quite racist. And he was like, oh, man, here in America, you can play for the fight. The guy is, is white, he's black. In Brazil, he's not even give time of day. He was, That's weird because Jacques Array is like a Brazilian national hero and he's black. Yeah, but they're outliers. Pele. What about Pele, the soccer player? He was a Brazilian national hero. He's black. And my evidence is anecdotal, Joe. Well, I don't know. No, yeah. <laughs> no, it is true. I've, I've been, been to Brazil they're, they're pretty... many times. They're fr- they, I just don't see that. I mean, I might be wrong. You know, there was a there was a huge issue with Anderson Silva when he fought Damian Maia. Yeah. And, you know. and He was a sort of bourgeoisie class. Damian yeah. Maia had college he, he was called a reporter. Him playboy yeah you know and playboy is like one of the ways that they they that's the pejorative they use for rich privileged white people right you know playboy that's a brazilian thing. check your privilege <laughs> check, check your privilege my friend my friend uh, yeah. i check for you yeah, i don't know i would have to i'd never actually asked my brazilian friends whether or not brazil's racist but i, I didn't experience it that much when i was there they seemed real friendly it's a very very friendly country other than the You're robberies Joe and stuff. That you helps. do have to understand, like, like it, you know, success has changed who, how people treat you. You're very successful. Oh, yes. You're a victim of your own success in the uh, sense in that... In a sense. I and came that, in here nervous. Well, they also know that I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, so I, I practice Brazilian arts. You know, so I have yeah. a big, deep respect for Brazil. Right. And then a big, deep respect for, of course, the Gracie family. I mean, I'm wearing a fucking Gracie yeah, t-shirt. Yeah, I know. The Gracie family, which you look good in it. Not Thank gay. You. Thank you. Not, not gay. Not gay either. Harry Potter batch. <laughs> um, it is weird though that like there's not a straight voice, you know, but there's a gay voice. Well, yeah, and what's so fun is like you say that my <laughs> wife had a friend. I won't talk about it. Talk about it. You don't have to name names. Who is clearly gay. Oh, I got and, a guy um, like that. Like clearly gay to the point where when he was gone, I would call him gay blank because <clears throat> I know it's such a common name. My wife is just free. I'm going to get a text right now. Uh-oh. So she'd be like, I was out with so-and-so. And I'm like, gay so-and-so? Because I know five <laughs> of them. You know, it's just like, it's like a name like John. It's not right. John. Okay. And she'd be like, he's not gay. Okay. First off, I said, let, let, me, let me clarify the rules. If he's not gay, you can't go out with him alone until one in the morning. <laughs> okay. He's gay. You know what I mean? Like that was... <laughs> so, and then he sure enough, he like came out of the closet. Well, shocker. Well, here's the thing. When a guy like that, and I mean literally like he's the kind of gay guy who literally like Richard Simmons would be like, well, that's kind of severe, like really gay. And um, when he came out of the closet, I told my wife, I said, okay, here's what's going on. What he's really saying is stuff's about to get weird. You're going to find some grinder profiles. Because like, everyone mm-hmm. knew he was gay. Right. And then all of a sudden, it's just a revolving door you know, of, of boyfriends. And it's like, it's more uncomfortable for my wife. It's more comfortable for me. Because I had to keep this lie alive. Like, hey, you go on any dates with females lately, gay? Like, <laughs> like no, you know. And he dated a girl for a while. And I remember just sitting there like, what bunny hole did I jump into where I'm sitting at dinner with my wife? 
and gay blank with this girl, and they're clearly just faking it. And I was like, I just was rather the girl faking it, or did she think that maybe That's he was the million straight? Dollar question. I have a friend, my friend Shay Tosh, She's a stand-up comedian. She's married not one but two different guys that turned out to be gay. <laughs> Like she married him. At a certain point, it's you. Well, I don't know if it's her. I mean, I don't know what the fuck it is. She seems so normal, though. I mean, she's a comic. She's kind of crazy, but she's nice. She's she seems totally normal. I've not Last met a bunch of stable her, female comedians. Ah, I know a few. Well, it's weird because it's like in my world, you know, like in my world, in the world of stand up. In my world, Sonny, my patriarchal <laughs> world. The sun sets in the west and rises in the east. It's. <laughs> Actually, it does that, right? Yeah, I reversed. That was it. accurate. Yeah, it was accurate. My world's my world's accurate. <laughs> my world's boring, frankly. But the world of stand-up comics, it's like there's it's a fraternity, you know. So like, I'm friends with girls who are open micers. I'm friends with like, especially from Kill Tony, which is uh, one of my friend Red Band and um, Tony Hinchcliffe's shows. Yeah. Where we constantly are around these open micer kids that are coming up and, you know, we become friends with them and a lot of them are out of their fucking mind. They're crazy, but they're friends, you know, in my world, those are, it's just, that's just the mindset that it takes to be a comedian. You have to be a little bit fucking crazy. Yeah, I think that's true. I just think so. So Shema is no different than any of my other friends in that sense. But somehow or another, she wound up with two fucking gay guys. And the last time I talked to her... I don't think that story goes somehow or another. I think there's a reason in there. <laughs> I think in her mind it's somehow or another. <laughs> okay. She's like, what the fuck? But, you know, she's dated straight guys. She dated yeah. one of my buddies. I mean, she's, you know, it's not that. I don't know what the fuck it is. But she dated one guy, and then she found out somehow or another he was gay. And then she dated another guy that was like a male stripper, I think, and somehow or another... He was doing well, there you go. It's kind of like the talent pool with college sports. You're picking the guy with the highest vertical. She's drawn from the pool of the male strippers and the guys who are, you know, pay for gay bodybuilders. That's what's going to happen. Pay for gay body, gay for pay. Did yeah. I say pay for? Well, yeah. Well, it depends well, on who's doing the paying. Exactly. Yeah, Joe Weider with Arnold. He's the one who's paying for the gay. <clears throat> Is that true? I have Joe no Weider idea. Was gay? I don't want to be slandered. Please. Is that what stop. you heard? You heard Joe Weider paid Arnold? I didn't hear that. I okay. knew that, I heard that yeah. Arnold I, I could have did some gay though. shit back in the day. I could be completely off base. Well, I've talked about it on my, the podcast. I had a buddy who was a male stripper, two buddies, back, way back in the day, and uh, one, you know, he would he'd wear these uh, underwear that was like a, it was a like a um, an elephant underwear, and he put its hog in the trunk, <laughs> and he would have I love like how little you combine ears. hog with elephant. <laughs> <laughs> It was one animal or another. It's actually like a delicacy, really. The guy was really fucking weird. But then one day, he was Mike. talking about all these girls that he's dancing for. And I go, you ever have to dance for guys? And there's this fucking dead <laughs> silence in the room. And everybody's That's like, That's the lie oh, he wants to keep alive. Shit. He said it. Yeah. He asked the question. And then shit got weird when he started explaining how he had to sometimes. But he hated it. And you're like, when oh. I moved to L.A., there was, a there was work. And it was cleaning. I was when I moved to L.A., I was talking, yeah, Tony Camacho was my manager. And um, I was living out of a car for a bit. And when I say it, it's kind of like the Ronda Rouse. It was like a week, and I was just sort of couch surfing right. until I got to my next place. So it's not like I was a longtime hobo right. and I actually got a 24-hour fitness pass for like a week. So I was fine. Um, I don't even know how I was getting started. Something about... Oh, gay, when I first came to L.A., yeah, pay. there was a role in, in, in Craigslist, and it was like cleaning houses in your underwear. <laughs> so it was like no contact, but you're just cleaning houses in your underwear. And it was like 150 guys. bucks an hour or something Ooh. like that. 
like no no wait it was fifty dollars an hour for a minimum of three hour pay because it, it assumed you know I lost something under the couch <laughs> yes well my dad had that he mowed lawns and the guy um at an Indian village in Detroit and he would my dad can maybe text me the name of this guy and he said the guy was like but he wasn't flamboyantly gay he was very polite. Like, well, you know, Darren, you're a good-looking young man. You and your brother Dean. You should, uh, as you mow lawn, you know, feel free. It's it's hot here in the summer too. Take off your shirts and and, and wear something a little bit shorter. And uh, it's it's entirely, you know, if you want to take a dip in the pool, go ahead. Oh boy! But he was very very nice. He had a light long-term partner, and uh, you know, I think a lot of them got massacred in Detroit. I don't think they live in that area anymore. Really? Got massacred. Well, I just mean Detroit. Like, it's a war zone. Like they're Indians. <laughs> Some sort of fucking Native American war. Indigenous, Joe. They came over Get and stole their land. Get your stuff together, indigenous. Can't say Indian anymore? Is that a... No, like, no, you not only can't say Indian. We moved on to Native American, and now we've moved on to indigenous. Mm. Well, in Canada, it's indigenous, right? First Nation, is that what they say? Canada? I don't know what they say. I think they say First I left Nation. Canada. Well, it used to be... You sh well, everybody called people Eskimo, and then... No, you can't do that. You can't, but Inuit. in Alaska... They use the word Eskimo. Like, it's okay. Alaska, it's okay. It's this, weird. This is the problem with the lexicon and the mm -hmm. changing rules. Well, and it's when people get ultra super fucking sensitive and shit gets weird. Like, you, there's things that you used to say for the longest time and now you can't say them anymore. Yeah. Well, and that's where, you know, you're more in the middle. Uh, I'm, you know, people would say to the right of Attila the Hun, like, libertarian conservative. Um, and that's by design. That's, that's not an accident. People want to control language. If you look at the history of political correctness, it is designed mm -hmm. as a political tool. And I see these people awakening now, like the social justice warrior left. Well, all they're doing is doing the same thing to, maybe they're not doing it to you, but to people like Milo, to people out there who are liberal, the same thing they've done to me and every conservative for a long time. Just, you're a racist. You're a sexist. Perfect example is Ben Carson. You may not like him. People may not like him, right? But Ben Carson was a neurosurgeon. Ben's Not just a neurosurgeon. The best. He was a fucking wizard. And um, he's probably the most polite candidate we've had in 40 years. I don't think anyone would dispute that. He's a very polite guy. What do they do? They paint him as a dumbass bigot. Well, he believes some crazy shit. Some crazy stuff. Yeah. But I, I would mean, hope that people afford him, you know, for example, like my dad is Christian conservative, right? But he sends your stuff along. And now he could easily be like, oh, you know, he'll just tell him like, oh, skip through the edible mushroom stuff and the tattoos because he doesn't agree with it. But like Joe is really right on this. The part about about dying to ego every day in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and he'll send it along to people. This is really inspirational. For, for In my family, we've never had to paint someone as an idiot because of some opinions with which we don't agree. You may think Ben Carson believes some crazy stuff, but he's a smart guy and he's not a bigot. Well, what I find fascinating about him is the people that do compartmentalize certain aspects of life, like that he does ignore science when it comes to evolution. And he believes in macroevolution, but he doesn't believe in microevolution, I believe. The other way around. Uh, micro, but not macro. Yeah. But he, he's got some interesting ideas about what he believes and what he doesn't believe in that the world of science accepts as a, as a stated fact. The yeah, people that I, are you know, I, I know, that. but I know a lot of people say, "Oh, he's this six thousand year old young Earth creationist," you know, and, they, and he said, "No, I'm not." He no, just said he has not. flaws in the Big Bang, and yeah. he believes in a Big Bang, just a very different version of it. Well, the Big Bang, but I don't think some guy in a Reddit thread in his mother's basement with a bag of <laughs> Cheetos has figured something out that Ben Carson hasn't. You asked me about like the Christian thing. Well, you just you just diminished a person from Reddit. Yes. you just put them in the basement yeah, of I know. their parent. Maybe they have a nice apartment. Well, you get some of those. You get a weird intersection here because yeah. you get smart people who listen to your show, mm -hmm. but you do get some closed-minded people, and you, um, my thing is, you know what, the reason I don't talk about faith or like Donald Trump, 
It's because there are certain things or people just they're just not going to hear it. Here's my position on, on religion and atheism, and I don't think it's an untenable position. And it's pretty simple. I believe there are very smart atheists, and I believe that there are some very smart Christians. That's undeniable. I, it's undeniable. Yeah, but the thing is now, the reason atheists are so fun to tease and get them up in a lather is because they think that all of these brilliant people and three billion people on the face of the earth have missed something that they caught because they saw half of a Christopher Hitchens debate. And if you sit down with Ben Carson, these kids calling him an idiot and talking about how he doesn't know science, they would sit down and he'd probably school them. They may not agree with him, but he'd probably school them. And my problem mm. is taking things out of context. Like, he's not even my guy. Well, you see, the problem is you're talking about Ben Carson versus some kids that don't know what they're talking about. But if you talk Bernie to, Sanders about, or Hillary or but, O'Malley. What, but what they're comparing Ben Carson to is people that do know what they're talking about. So yeah. if you do get people that have a vast understanding of evolution and sure. they sit down and debate Ben Carson, he's not going to do very well. I don't know. I've not seen it. I think the I would big, think probably not, but I don't think he would put himself in that position. The Big Bang is the weird one because the Big Bang essentially the, no one understands why it happened. Right. No one understands what caused it. No one understands if it's just some cycle that goes on every fourteen billion years. He's writing a book on it. Who is Ben, ben Carson, Carson on the Big Bang on, exp on explaining his reasoning? Oh, that's interesting. Well, what is his reasoning? Do you know what his position is? He I don't know exactly what his it. position is. It doesn't. It's not. Doesn't reflect my position. But I don't think that that disqualifies him from being a better leader than a lot of people on the docket. I mean, did you watch the debates last night? No, I did not. There was literally a point where all of the biggest argument, and that's the thing that I have, if you look at the right, I mean, you're moderate. You would be considered to any leftist if you said the stuff they say. They'd be like, oh, you're right wing. That's what they would say. Not you. That's what they would say. Let's compare really quickly. Right now, the GOP, right? People, it's a party of old white guys. Okay. You've got Carly Fiorina, you've got two Latinos and Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio. You've got a brain Ted surgeon Cruz a black is guy. barely Latino. How dare you? He's gay, by the way. Ted For Cruz. sure. 100%. Um, he also is probably one of the smartest students to come out of Harvard, from, according to his professor, with an IQ that's like higher than He blew Mensa. them all, so they say that. Yeah, that must be it. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> that and chemtrails. Um, I think, uh, so you have them. Ben Carson, you have people who are career politicians, you have people with no experience in the political sector. And then I'm watching last night, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, O'Malley, and a couple of other scrubs. Every single one is an old white politician. And the worst part is the lack of intellectual diversity. Look at the GOP debate. You have Rand Paul, who's a non-interventionist, basically, who's all about that cannabis oil. You have Chris Christie, who basically wants to prosecute using drugs. You have Carly Fiorina, who believes it's a state's right. You have some people who supported the war in Iraq. You have some people who are against it. Every single question last night at that Democratic debate was answered in unison. And the biggest argument was over who had the lowest rating from the NRA. They were attacking Bernie Sanders, going, keep in mind, you only have a D minus from the NRA. I got an F! I got an F. Is that really what they were arguing about? Yes. Who, who said that? Who was it? It was O'Malley, Sanders, and Clinton. All of them were arguing over who got the lowest rating of the NRA. That was their badge of honor. You only got mm. a D minus. I got an F. I was like, what, what, what is this? That's interesting because I, I, I did see an interview. I wanted to get to the debate later today. I didn't watch it yesterday. I had some stuff I had to do that was actually important. <laughs> but um, Bernie just Sanders made me feel very poorly was talking. Just joking around. <laughs> I don't. I don't look. There's, there's a real problem with the, the commission for presidential debates. A real pre problem with the fact that it's when you know, it gets down to the big crunch time. The commission for presidential debates is a privately funded institution. It's not as simple as like everyone who's running for president gets an equal say, and we have all these qualified candidates, and we're just going to figure out who's the right guy for the job. It takes a shitload of money to get to the point where you can actually run 
run for a debate, when you actually can get up there and actually have your opinion and broadcast it to the world. There's a lot of fucking hoops you have to jump through. Probably rightly so. But there's some value in that. Yeah. But I think that as time moves on and the medium of the Internet becomes more and more powerful, most likely that will be less of a factor. Having Anderson Cooper with goofy glasses asking questions about whether or not it's okay to be a conscientious objector and still run for president. Yeah. You know, which is one of the things that apparently he asked Bernie Sanders, which I thought was fascinating. Well, I got in trouble. Do black lives matter? Oh. Or do all lives matter? That that one was like Black okay. Lives Matter. Well, that's what Bernie. Bernie said. Well, fucking, of course, all lives matter, but black. That's lives, a loaded question, it's a, and it's, it's a, a stupid questions. question to answer. They should say yeah. that's a loaded question, and I'm not going to answer it. Of course, all lives matter. I understand the movement, and I think A, B, and C about yes, it. Yes, I agree with you. That's that's the right way to say it. But he said Black but, Lives Matter because that's the progressive left wing thing to say because. You're not going to get shit from white people about it, but you'll get a lot of brownie points from get, black people. You might people. get crap from Sean King, who's a white guy, about it. Well, Sean King is a white guy, Well, I was kicked he? out of that feminist film festival for saying he was white. They have rubber-titted, <clears throat> tranny, menstruating Jesus Christ. I and, saw that. And I've got... Like, it doesn't bother. I find it funny, but they're triggered by me saying Sean King is white. That was one of my favorite videos of yours. That was a really... That and the Lena Dunham video. But that, that video, particularly, of you with the feminists, because first of all, you're being very reasonable, and they got upset right away like they were getting yeah. upset like you were you weren't being aggressive you weren't being rude you were asking like really pretty reasonable questions and you know they're like uh, you have full to disclosure leave. i was being a disturber like i, I well, don't deny a that a little bit people but you selectively edit it anything you've ever watched is edited well what are you gonna do put all fucking three hours of whatever the fuck you were there well online? that's what like like james o'keefe or andrew breitbart of the planned parenthood videos do because they're journalists what i do is entertainment but they'll actually put up the full footage. See, I don't know what the fuck those plant parent, but I didn't, I, I watched part of it and I was like, is this real? Like, what's going on with this? Yeah. Are these people really talking like this about, about Yeah, you can watch parts? the full footage. You can watch three, four hours. And the big thing, the attack, you know, and Carly Fiorina for talking about it, they go, well, it didn't really happen in the video. Listen, she has 30 seconds. She's talking about pieces in the video that you can see. And she sets it in a narrative that she can answer in 30 seconds. And they go, well, that. All those things didn't happen in that timeline in a video. Well, educate me, because were they or were they not saying that we can get you intact yes. fetuses and that we they can... They were selling fetus parts. Yeah, yeah so they were, yes. right? So they why don't is everybody it. saying that it's a hoax? Well, why did they say the same thing You know, with, with uh, Andrew Breitbart, the acorn scandal? Well, let's not get into that. But well, look, no, it's important. They attacked the messenger. Right. That's well, what the, they the, do. The acorn scandal was pretty fucking clear. They were, they were literally giving people advice on how to yeah but the left said the exact same thing the exact same thing they said it's dishonest these are selectively edited and their final argument was when james o'keefe appeared and i'm not i'm not a journalist so i just make it clear like that's why i don't release full it's designed to be funny it's more in line with the daily show than something at fox news or cnn right um James O'Keefe went on Fox and Friends in a pimp jacket, like promoting the videos. <laughs> and their argument was he didn't go in dressed like a pimp and her dress. Like, they said they were pimps and prostitutes, but they didn't dress like that. Well, how do you tell me how a pimp or a prostitute dresses? Because oh, I yeah. bet you're wrong. I, and the Black Lives Matter people get mad at me. Listen, man, I think I was, they dress like Ben Carson with I was his in Vegas, smoking jacket. I was in Vegas once and I was with a couple of my buddies and we were at this bar and uh, it was a UFC night. Uh, it was a the the night of the weigh-ins, so we right. went to the weigh-ins and we were at the bar, and there was this girl who looked like a fucking executive at uh, a Fortune 500 company. Mm -hmm. I mean, she had a respectable business dress on, she had nice clothes on, a nice purse, and she was talking to me and all my friends, and I was like, something is fucking going on here. Uh -oh. And then a, 
I don't know what it was, but my friends were hitting on her and all this, and she was just a little too receptive. And I said, <laughs> so I, I, it was just, my friends were ugly. It was, it was, it was That's what I was say, you have low confidence in your friends. Well, they're savages. Like. Okay. You know, I mean, maybe she just wants to get gorilla fucked by a bunch of, <laughs> a bunch of savages. But, um, but I was like, something's going on here. So I go, um, how much is all this going to cost everybody? And she goes, well, it depends how many guys. And they all went, <gasps> yeah. and I, I go, yeah. And then they went, how'd you know? And I go, well, I'm, 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 I'm guessing some insincerity yeah. here. She's working. You're working, right? And she goes, yeah, I'm working. Yeah. And I go, okay. And so, and then they were like, damn. Yeah. I go, you thought she liked you? And then everybody starts laughing. I go, well, if you look at her, she looks like she could be an executive for like a Mandalay Bay. Like she could be there. Like, is everybody enjoying their stay here mm -hmm. at Mandalay Bay? Anybody want their cock sucked for a thousand dollars? I mean, it was like literally. You learned to pick up on that growing up in Montreal, like I did. Oh, really? Well, I mean, it's everywhere. But how do they dress? Well, I mean, you just look when someone approaches you. No, I can't tell how they dress. I'm what not about talking about pimps or prostitutes. Okay. I'm saying the guy went out in a giant feathered purple coat and okay. a fedora on the show and well, a cane as a gag, right? That's like pimps up, hose down. Right. right. And but so the left goes, the well, he didn't video. do that in the acorn video, so this is misleading. Okay, so what is... What is the argument against the Planned Parenthood video? What are they saying? That that they're doing something that's illegal. In, in recording. Which is selling baby parts. Right, right. That's, yeah. But what is the argument against the video, I'm saying? When people that are they saying selectively that it's a hoax. Edited it. So they said they selectively edited it, and then it didn't appear uh, in the video. And then when the full video footage was released, the arguments that I saw was, well, no one's going to watch 12 hours of footage. It's kind of, I mean, that happened well, with me one time with the union much incident. If you want to get to the truth of something that's really important. Right. Yeah, but that's the whole point. So if you selectively edit it, they say you edited it. If you put up the full footage, like, well, you're hiding behind the fact that you know no one's going to watch that. Okay, but if someone does watch the full 12 hours, yeah, they'll find is it. it yes. Does it appear like it did in the edited video? Because I watched the edited video, yeah. and I thought, like, whoa, this is kind of yeah. crazy. They're talking about it like, how did she describe it as, like, line items? Yes. And I was like, fuck, man, that seems, like, really inhuman. You're talking about yeah. fetus parts and that they can adjust their process in order to get more intact video. And then the other really fucking disturbing thing about the video was when they reach into the pile of baby parts and they're like pulling the out of arms. And they're, they're literally yeah. pulling, you see little baby arms. Like, and I'm pro-choice. I think you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want up to a point. And I think it's one of those things in life that there is a gray area. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm pro-choice if it's a, a bunch of cells. I'm pro-choice if it's, you know, a cluster of cells the size of a walnut. Mm -hmm. But I think once it once it becomes a fucking human being, yeah. like you're looking at a little tiny human being that's inside someone's body. I don't know what the call is. I don't know when Well, the legislation say, is they want to have abortions up to 22 weeks. What is 22 weeks? Four, eight, two, ooh, Jesus. Yeah, that's Wendy Davis uh, and all that stuff. That's what they're pushing for. And they want it to be, you know, and they want it to be taxpayer funded. That's the deal that people have a problem with. You know, there, you have some people who are pro-life on principle, and then you have some people who say, I, I still should never have to pay for an abortion, and you should never be able to force an employer to pay for an abortion. F 42 weeks? Is that 22. 22 weeks? Jesus Christ. That's kind of Three scary. months. Yeah, past three months. Three That's months, what they want legally. <clears throat> three months is weird because it's like it can't, it's not viable outside of the womb. Mm. But when you look at it, it looks like a fetus. But so, see, that's the thing that the left has a real issue with because they don't want there's there's no open discussion there's no objectivity there's no when it comes to this like you are either hands off my vagina exactly it's yeah. either like you are 
pro-choice or you are some fucking barbarian who's pro-life and you want to fuck with people's bodies and you want to stand outside of abortion clinics with right. signs and show show aborted fetuses. But I'm not saying that. I'm, I am pro-choice. I think you should be able... I'm not the person to tell you what you can or can't do with your body. But what we're looking at is a baby. Well, it's... Yeah, what it is so, is it comes down to the irony of the left saying the right is anti-science. And you have well-known atheists, even like Christopher Hitchens. And Dawkins isn't pro-life, but he kind of slipped up where they admitted that it was ending a life. Chris Richens, like, I think, absolutely, undoubtedly, it's a life, and he walked people through it. And then, of course, he became hated by the left and a bigot and a racist. So people who claim that the right are anti-science when it comes to abortion, they want abortions past a point where there's no doubt that scientifically um, that is much more than a cluster of cells. Well, I got it's not going to be this, solved in this I got into it with this comedian online from England <clears throat> because... Um, Dawkins had said something that like uh, a, f a, f a fetus or an embryo is no is has just as much in common with a human being as a, a pig embryo or something like that, or is no different than a pig embryo. I forget how he worded it, but I was like, well, that's just disingenuous because yeah. obviously a human embryo is going to become a human if you don't snuff it out. Right. A pig embryo is a fucking well, pig. Th this goes back you know, to the same thing in political, you know, political correctness and stand-up or cultural Marxism. It's the same thing. It's not, hey, you can have a reasonable position. You can argue being pro-life, and I can say, okay— I see where you're coming from. It's, you want to control our uterus. Well, what I was going to say is that this guy started saying I was right wing. He was like saying, yeah, well, you're, you're right wing and this is, I'm not. And I'm pro-choice. I'm saying like right now, that is going to be a baby. You can't say that's the same as a fit, uh, as a pig. Yeah. Because it's not. It's And he was like, it's no, that was the other argument. He was like, it's no different than a seed. I go, it's not a seed. I go, because a seed needs to be germinated. A right. seed, you need to put it in the ground. It needs to be watered. And then it sprouts and then becomes a plant. This is something that's going, it's already growing. It's, right. it's this is, A seed is the egg. Yeah. Okay. That's the egg inside of a woman's body. No one's saying you can't take eggs out of your body i'm not even saying you can't have abortions but let's be honest about what it is yeah. what it's it is a fetus yeah or a, an embryo or whatever you want to call it. I me mean, there's a certain amount of weeks where it becomes scientifically considered a fetus but you know I, i'm not i'm not a right-wing guy in a sense but i don't like the distinctions man i don't like but being the left, left sees you as that way that's the problem i don't think so i think i'm uh, more people see me as being a liberal hippie than see me because i smoke pot and i have tattoos and i encourage oh, people that's to not do psychedelic don't drugs yeah but i think and i'm um, pro i'm pro gay rights i'm pro gay marriage i'm pro choice I'm, I'm pro a lot of things that but there are, are left a lot wing. of put it, put it this way there are a lot of people in the republican party who are that way, certainly the libertarian wing, certainly people who would pull the lever for that. Mm -hmm. There is no one on the Democratic platform, no one who would even allow you that inch that you just expressed. No one running right. for president. They wouldn't even give you that time of day. It's abortion on demand for free at any point. That's their mantra, and they can't stray from it. And that's just that, you know, that's always where I try and speak with people. Oh, right wing douchebag. Oh, gosh, I just got echo. I don't know if the word douchebag was a trigger for the microphone. Did it echo? I didn't hear it. I mean, I just it was your own head. You got voices head. in your own head. <laughs> right wing douchebag yeah, right -wing is just such a trigger. It's such a trigger. You got triggered. Uh, you <laughs> triggered um, yourself. <laughs> it's one of those things. You know, I've been called a racist my whole, anytime you've come out of the closet, I've been banned well, from college. You are white. No, I've said some, if and I've made racist about, jokes. My, if, I ended my set, the reason Tony Camacho signed me was I ended my set on the N-word, ER, stuck the landing, good night everyone, walked off. And he was going, okay, I want to hear more. <laughs> okay, in all fairness, Tony Camacho, not, not the best judge of stand-up. I know. Well, look, look, he's, I don't want to say Very he's a nice great guy. guy. Well, I slept on his couch and stuff for a while. Very nice so. guy. Yeah, but my point is, you know, 
Do if you, know you pull that out now, if you pull that out now, it's, uh-huh. I mean, if I didn't have my own independent thing going, you end someone's career. Have you ever said the N-word? Like Paula Dean, the deposition was, have you ever said the N-word? Anyone who's, anyone who's, who's, who would sing along to a run DMC album would have to answer yes. They didn't ask the context. And that's where we are. Anything I don't think they run can, DMC used. They didn't? I think you're thinking like NWA. Maybe. I mean, it's in their name. That's I know what Kanye N, does. The he's N. a douchebag, but he's a brilliant uh, MC. Yeah, okay. He got a couple good songs. He does. Yeah. All right, sorry, what were we going to say? You were going to say something about Tony? Do I know what? No, no, I'll tell you that later. Tell you that off the Lewis. He's a nice guy. I like Tony. Yeah. Always, he was, always been a nice guy. He's always been a nice guy. My point is, you know, I was 17 I, and he, you know, brought I would have said, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. I'm not, not, not exactly sure if that, that's the best way to end your set, No, son. the reason was, the bit was, and I've talked about it, and I'll, I'll even do it here. I'll talk about it and open about it, was uh, it was a bit about French Canadians watching rap videos. So you have these French Canadians who are trying to mimic urban accents from the United States. And to the point where you would have them use words they had seen in rap videos, they didn't even grasp the meaning. And so I did. It was a whole bilingual set of using French words and merging it with oh, English okay. and white kids using the N-word and walking off. And it was kind of a shock, but really funny because everyone had heard it. And that's how I ended it. And that's oh. how I got in the Just for Laughs, too. Speaking of the N-word, did you hear that Trevor Noah is a joke thief? Guy's a joke thief, like straight up. Is that the South African? The uh, guy who was the new host of The Daily Show, did a show recently. Um, I forget what it was for, but it wasn't a broadcast show. And he did an old Dave Chappelle bit. For a Dave Chappelle bit, I want to say from like the early 2000s, like one of his early specials. And I mean, moved it around a little bit, but it's the same fucking joke. I mean, verbatim. Thank God you didn't get on stage with him at the comedy store. Get on stage with him at the comedy store? Oh, Trevor Noah? Why? Because of the Mencia, oh, the Mencia yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, well listen, I remember, you know, actually funny, I watched that. And you know who I called? I don't know if you're still with her. It was with Tony Camacho, and I had a meeting with Stacy Mark. Yeah. Because Stacey's, you mentioned her, and I was like, Stacey's oh, that must be the person. my agent. Yeah. She's still my agent. She became my agent five minutes after that after happened. That. Yeah. Because my a- agent at the time was the same agent as Mencia, and they wanted me to apologize to him. Yeah, I remember. And, and I'm I'm that's like, why I just, we're I just done. had a list of yeah. going down. That's what's weird. I was nervous coming in here because, you know, when I was at Fox News, um, I was there for four and a half years, and I went on air, you know, for the first time. I had never seen any of these people. I don't, I'd never had cable. We didn't get Fox News in Montreal, so I kind of went in and wasn't starstruck. I've been watching you since I was like 10. I mean, Dave Foley is a national hero. He's a national treasure. News radio, UFC, I've been following for a long time. So it's, you know, you have to make sure that you're still yourself in the face of someone who you know. The one time I got really starstruck was Clint Eastwood, and there's a certain level of fame with which I'm no longer comfortable, and I just made an ass out of myself. Yeah, that's a level, like, we go, yeah. if I ever met Clint Eastwood, I'd probably be a babbling fucking idiot, too. I was. Outlaw Josie Wales, dude. It's tough to get past that. Well, that's, that. what do you say to him? Like, I love doing every which way but loose? What do you pick? That's a good one. That was a good one. I don't know how they train that Just say, you're the shit dog, and give him some knuckles. Well, he said to me, <laughs> he turns around, and he kind of saw I was looking at him. I mean, I don't, you never want to be that guy to bother him and you, uh, I'm Clint, and put out his hand, yeah. like, yeah, right, well, he doesn't you. have to say that, but no, he I does. No, I know, but he yeah. does. Yeah, it's, int- well, like, you kind of, I, I guess a lot of those really, really famous guys, they kind of have to do that because they don't want to assume that you know who they are, even though they do know that you know who they are. So it's kind of like a common courtesy thing to ask your name instead of saying, what's your name? Nice to meet you, buddy. Like, you know who I am, bitch. Right. You know? What's your name? Steve? Steve Crowder? All right, nice to meet you. You, you know? want to hear a funny Clint Eastwood story? Yes. Okay, so this is true. Does it have to do with the Obama sit-down thing? At the- no, 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 it doesn't. <laughs> well, a little, because it was at this kind of thing with uh, conservatives in the entertainment industry, so it's very small and closed circuit, and everyone, in- it's small enough that people introduce themselves, like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I'm Stephen Crowder, comedian, you know, writer, blah, 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 Fox News. Uh, hey, I'm so-and-so, director. 
And Clint Eastwood, everyone knows he's there, stands up and he goes, Hi, I'm Clint, former mayor of Carmel. <laughs> That's true. It's not. It's not untrue. And if you want to be a mayor of a place, that's a spot. That's a fucking beautiful place. God, have you ever been to Carmel? The closest event is like to Santa Barbara, and I've I've been through it on the way up. You know, you got to keep going. Carmel is on the way up to. uh, It's it's right next to Big Sur. It's like uh, maybe half hour from Big Sur. Fuck, it's beautiful up there. That might be one of the most beautiful spots in this country. Have you ever been in Northern Michigan? Yeah, I've been in Northern Michigan, like north of Traverse City. Um, I've been to Olivet. You know where Olivet yeah, is? Yeah, no, you've got to, I mean, it's been actually rated most beautiful area in the country for a few years really? running. Yeah, Leelanau County. So it's like, uh, it looks like the Mediterranean, you know, vineyards rolling down to water that's crystal clear, no uh-huh. sharks, a little bit of lampreys, um, and it's just gorgeous up there. Yeah, there's some, well, there's some beautiful spots in this country, obviously, but what I was saying is that Sorry. Carmel is just, it's a really unusual area. There's not a lot of people there. It's like, it's like... The land, like there's the water, and then it doesn't go in that deep, you know, deep into the into the mainland. It's just fucking stunning, stunning countryside and beautiful views of the ocean. Well, that's where they did play Misty for me. Oh yeah, like, that's right. Clint Eastwood beats the hell out of that broad. He's probably been going up there for a long time. That's it. You watch it. He just beats mm-hmm. the hell out of her. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> you can't. But it's yeah. just, I remember watching it for the first time. Like, oh, this is pretty good. And he just comes in. The hell do you? And just starts wailing on her. I'm like, yeah. oh my god. <laughs> you know, like in, in the Dirty Harry films, he's just punching some prostitute with an afro, and you're like, you can't. Do, like, blowing him away with his 44 Magnum. You can't do any of that stuff anymore. No, you can't. You it's couldn't make super, blazing saddles. Though. Super hard to punch women on movies. <laughs> yeah, like that woman would have to be like a demon or something like that. And even then, even then, I don't people know. don't want to. Even see then, it. they'd say it's a representation of the mm. patriarchal society. That's right. Like That's Mad right. Max. Did you see that? everyone the remake? Didn't see it. It, it. it wasn't bad. It was bizarre, but it was like uh, all these people were saying it's this pro-feminist message because Charlize Theron kicks ass, mm. and um, then the feminists said actually it's not because the real leader is a guy and it's patriarchy and all these Tumblr blogs and it's like just <sighs> nothing can. But it's a just, gay guy. The who? What's his face? Tom, uh, what the fuck? Tom Hardy? Name? Tom Hardy? No, Isn't it's not Tom Hardy. There's like an old gray-haired guy who's like a leader. I don't think Tom Hardy's gay. He shut down a reporter gay. who asked him about it. He said, are you asking me about sexuality? And he was like, just go away. Mm. He said, it's not interesting. Yeah, that's what you say when you're gay. Yeah, I know. My rule is if a woman claims she's bisexual, like a teenager, <laughs> she's trying to be cool. I don't if the guy out. says it, he's gay. Oh, really? Yeah, right. I've never met a bi guy who wasn't gay. Yeah, uh, me neither. Yeah, I always say there's two types of dudes. There's gay dudes, and then there's really gullible straight dudes who get talked into blowing crafty gay dudes. Like Bowie McJagger? Like, we don't really want to do this, Bowie but also... McJagger? Well, David Bowie McJagger? Oh, McJagger. Bowie... Ma- I thought it was Sorry. like one person. <laughs> Bowie, like, Who's Bowie McJagger? <laughs> yeah, it's like that stand-up group. What is it? Uh, Oates and Garfunkel? Just <laughs> merging names? That's funny. Although that night they got it on, they two became one. So. I might have made that up about Tom Hardy. No, Sorry. I think he talked Sorry, about Tom. experimenting at one point. But oh, then he's gay. You know, That's it. Yeah. What are you, a scientist? Are you sucking a dick with a lab coat on, a beaker in your hand? <laughs> what are you doing? That's not... <laughs> For some reason, I'm picturing beaker from the Muppets game. <laughs> but back in the 70s and the 60s, I think more people did experiment that might not even be gay because... There were they were breaking down so many bizarre boundaries, and there was so much restriction on behavior from the McCarthy era and the 1950s, and the way people behaved. It was all of a sudden everyone's doing acid and they're free love, and I think there was a lot of dick sucking there that people went, Shh, you know, shouldn't have done that. Like they legitimately weren't gay, but did some gay shit. 
that's I mean, what do I know? Not a historian. We're getting off the realm of, of something that we can prove. It's, <laughs> it, it's like LeVar Burton. You don't have to take my word for it. Is he LeVar re- Burton gang? No, but I mean, you ever watch that in Reading Rainbow? Do you think when he puts those things on, it's just dicks <laughs> glued inside there? Maybe that's why it's he like, wears it's that. It's like the kaleidoscope that Marvin Harry were looking at. <laughs> it's just, just butt, butts and dicks. <laughs> the big kaleidoscope. No, I was about, remember Reading Rainbow? And you'd always be like, you know, this book, you'd talk about it in his little polo mm-hmm. and his, his Burger King Kids Club haircut and be like, but you don't have to take my word for it. And it's like, okay, so we're not taking your word for it. We should take the word of a bunch of six-year-olds. Because <laughs> like, I like this book because... And it's like, how little respect you have for your own opinion, LeVar. Well, I think you're just being humble, right? Maybe. You know. Which is generally not a quality found in the gay community. No. They're dramatic. They have a flair for the dramatic. They do have a flair for the dramatic. That's one of the cool qualities about them. Oh, it's they, hilarious. They you ever say see some a things. gay guy in like a disaster, like a fire drill? It's funny. I've never seen a gay guy in a disaster. I have a guy, actually, won't, I was talking with my brother about it, famous actor my brother works with, and um, he has like, you know, the earth, an earthquake kit. And his, do you have that in your trunk anymore, like an emergency mm-hmm. kit? Because he had that when he was here for the big earthquakes, and he was in some area where it was like really gay. And he just said it was so funny. They were just running around in the streets. No, oh my God! I was just around. And he's like super liberal, you know, further to the left than either of us, intolerant. He was just like, it was just really a trip to see. Well, Milo, you think he's going to be your rock when that goes down? No, 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 no. no. He'll fall apart. <laughs> I don't know if he'll fall apart, but he's running <sighs> into the arms of another. There's, yeah, there's going to be some issues there for sure. But, you know, that's just not his wheelhouse. His wheelhouse isn't fucking toughening up, you know? I don't know. And fucking riding it out, riding the storm out. Uh, that's you don't a think negative about stereotype. That. It is. I don't, I'm a little offended. It is a negative stereotype, but the femininity of the gay male. It's very it's, funny, and it's okay to... Like, I, I talked... Well, that was what I was saying at CPAC. It was like this political action conference. That's where Huffington Post said I yelled the N-word, and I didn't. And they said I joked what? about raping Ashley Judd, and I didn't. Wait, what was that? Why'd they say that? Who well, they fact check stand up. This is Huffington Post, and that's why when we were talking online, so you were doing stand up. Yeah, I was emceeing a political action conference, right? And I was just doing some bits, and uh, one of them was in a private room. It was like a blogging award ceremony, and we had a rap video, Mister America. We were dressed up as Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, and one of the jokes in the video. You know, it's not something you'd put on your resume, but it was uh, bringing back knickers. It's a rap song. And then right. the record stops. And I'm like, no, no, I can, I can say knickers because I wear knickers. And we actually had a black producer who's like, oh, okay. You know, gives us a thumbs up. We're like, right. hood pass for knickers. So I'm fine if Huffington Post want to say, okay, they made a joke that's risque. And, you know, but they just said Stephen Crowder yells N-word to applause. Oh, Jesus Christ. Or Ashley j- makes rape joke about Ashley Judd. And, do you um, imagine? Do you, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, I'll, go ahead. But that's why when you sent me them as a source, I'm going, you're sending it. You know, today's salon is tomorrow's HuffPo. They are not the friend of stand-up comics. No. They want to destroy the voice of anyone who doesn't agree with them. And that's a lot of stand-up comedians now. And that's what's problematic. Well, what I've said about these people, and I'll continue to say it, I don't believe they're actually progressives. What I think they're doing is they're mining the world of ideas, and they're looking for things that they can attack. I don't think they really want to attack it because it makes sense. I think they're, they're, they're mining the world of ideas for the moral high ground, and they're looking to find things that they can be aggressive about and go after. And it gives them a license to be really shitty to people. Like, yeah, they're, you, they're, treat, you treat someone, you know, you paint them as subhuman, you can treat well, them subhuman. I think also it's really important if you really want to be a progressive person, you really want love and acceptance in the world, it's really important to not be a fucking asshole. And there's a lot of these people, like, yeah. here's, here's something. 
um, I'm a hunter, okay? And oh, I when this. I when I hunt, I sometimes put pictures of these fucking animals online. And one of the reasons oh, why I do you. it, I do it for a bunch of reasons. One, to see the reaction. Two, because the last one I did, I did as a tribute to my friend Cameron Haynes because I, I shot an elk with a bow and arrow and he so, taught me how to do it. And it's hard to do. The fucking nastiest people, the meanest shit was vegans. Oh, they, I read they, the sure dog. Thread. They were saying so. I didn't read that, but they were v- vegans on sure dog. I don't. Why do you read sure dog? I actually. How dare that's you? how you want to know how far back it goes. I had an account before the message boards. I think even existed because I was watching the highlight videos because mm. I couldn't afford the pay per view. So when I hear "Beautiful Day" from U two, I still think of Sakuraba leg kicking Henzo Gracie in his back. Ah, beautiful like, trigger. But yeah, you were all over sure dog. They hate you. That's fine. But the, They're animals. Well, meanwhile, how many of those fucking dummies eat meat? How many of those dummies have cats? That's my favorite one. Yeah. People who have cats. You buy cat food for your cat, guess what? You're a fucking killer. Right. Because they're not getting that shit from a cat food tree, okay? They're grinding up animals that live a horrible life. They're living in cages, and they're sucking them out of those cages, killing them in a ruthless, cost-effective manner, and stuffing them into a can so your little fucking tabby can eat. Plus, right? you still have to have a cat. Yeah. I like cats. I don't. I have a dog. I have two cats. I have dogs too. I have a giant dog. But but my point is that some of the meanest, nastiest shit was being said by vegans. And I think that they have this green light to be a cunt. And I think there's a lot of people that that what they do is they find areas where they have they feel like they have the green light. You yeah. know, they they have a, there's a subject, there's a an, an issue that's come up and they feel like all these fucking people that went after that lion guy. Like, I'm not saying you should go to Africa no. and kill a lion, but I don't want to go to Africa and kill. I don't want to kill anything I'm not going to eat. But that fucking guy did everything by the book, by the way. They he all, killed a lion with a name was his mistake. Well, here's my favorite part of it. Not just the protests and everybody standing outside of his fucking clinic and ruining his business. Right. My favorite part was they were worried about his brother. The brother of the lion, Cecil's brother was, what the fuck was his name? I forget the brother's name. But Cecil had a brother, yeah. and the brother was also killed, and everybody was freaking out. Oh, my God. And then they found that it wasn't the brother. There was just another lion, and everyone was it's relieved. It's hard to tell them apart. Some no-name fucking lion. <laughs> so if the lion doesn't have a name, that lion ain't shit. He's riding Cecil's coattails. See? Did you read the letter from the guy from Zimbabwe? Yes, yes. And uh, did you see the numbers of how many people get killed by lions every yes. year? It's like 256 yes. a year. Did you yes. see the ghosts in the darkness? Yes, I did. That's a nightmare. It's a great movie. It's, it's a Val Kilmer when he was young. It's sleek and sexy. I know. It's now I think he's just... Michael Douglas was in that movie, too. Badass. I think Al Roker is Val Kilmer in a fat suit. We haven't well, seen Val so Kilmer long. slimmed down considerably from that meme. Have you seen, you've seen the yeah, meme? Yeah, I yeah. used to be Batman. <laughs> he's got this giant moon face. That was Joel Schumacher. Faced. Joel Schumacher? Rubber nipples, bitch! Yeah, he was a director. Remember when Val Kilmer was there? Val ruined Kilmer Val- was a good Batman, though. The I thought he was, was good. That's one of those films I went back and watched, I and haven't. I was like, Batman and Robin was bad. That was really bad. But Batman Forever was... That's still... And I went back and watched it, and it, I was like, I wish I would have just... Who was Robin? Uh, Chris O'Donnell. Oh, that's... Ro- Whatever happened to that guy? Well, uh, he, I think he has some show. Alicia, Alicia Silverstone was Batgirl, too. And then she's like a vegan PETA person now. Oh, wasn't it he... Chris O'Donnell with LL Cool J in some crime show? Oh, Christ. Even talking about that just dropped my IQ. Ooh. Ooh. That wasn't a film a pit, Rennie Chris Harlan directed, oh. and he like did all those. Like, I think he's made things. of milk. Yeah, there he goes. Hey guys, oh remember when gosh. I was Batman? <laughs> I don't. You know what's weird is I don't know how you let it get that far. How about Marlon Brando? You ever see On the Waterfront and then yeah. see the last days, the last days of Marlon Brando? I think he's very overrated. As an actor? Yeah. 
I, I was well, a much bigger fan of James Dean than Marlon Brando. Well, it was a different time. But if you go to On the Waterfront, compare it to anything anybody else was doing. No, back then, I disagree. If you look, really? and you, yeah, the perfect scene is James Dean in um, Rebel Without a Cause, um, and it's so bizarre because he was very—he was kind of like a, one of the first naturalists. You know, he just went and he was very. If you look the way he spoke, it was pretty natural. But everyone else in the scene was still, you know, so he's like, oh, mom, you're tearing me apart. Leave me alone. Well, that's a fine way to behave, young man. He gets it from his mother, see? And then you go to James, and he's sitting there talking, and he's like, and you're like, this is real. So you can just see when that transition happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think James Dean, when he was alive, didn't get the respect Brando did. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't really pay attention to who got respect. All right. But I thought Brando was pretty good and on the waterfront, especially in comparison to the rest of the era. You want to talk gay? Um, James Dean? No, no. Well, yeah, but I mean, the the outfit, uh, the wild one with Marlon Brando, the little leather mailman hat and the mm-hmm. handkerchief. Well, you know when that became gay? <laughs> that became gay. Judas Priest came around. Right. That's when it became gay. Yeah. Because Rob Halford's gay as fuck. Well, they started- He got everybody dressing gay. They didn't even know they were dressing gay. They just wanted to be like Judas Priest. You got another <laughs> thing coming. Don't. Do you think Marlon Brando would have dressed that way if he knew that was coming down the pike? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be tough because you're he a sex symbol it. and you're Marlon Brando. And then, like, this is going to become the iconic, you know, Mr. Slave outfit. Yeah, but Marlon Brando clearly didn't give a fuck about anything. He didn't give a fuck about the way he looked. He didn't give a fuck about his health. I mean, he was crazy towards the end of his life. I mean, he, he was completely out of his mind. Yeah. I don't think it really mattered to him. He wasn't I, the same rider, I don't think, that James Dean was on a motorcycle. Really? From what I understand, James Dean was pretty... Well, I actually got to um, sit in... You know, there were only like something like 14 cars that James Dean... The, the Spider Ferrari, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about cars. What it is... Porsche. Was it a Porsche? The one that killed him. Okay. Really, yeah. really low? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, what's funny is I bought my car. It was a 2003 Taurus. But it was in the back of this car shop in Dallas where this guy has done like George Bush's car. He just decks him out. And he was just this old guy who was selling his old car, and uh, they showed me that. It was like some absurd I – I could be wrong, like a million, two million dollars. They said James Dean's was lot 13 or 14, and this was like lot 11 or 12. And it was one of those exact cars. Yeah. And I just looked at it, and I'm like, it's like a go-kart. You're so low to the ground. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tough to control. And I mean, it's actually easier to control because it's low to the ground, and it's very lightweight. Those are pretty easy to control for the time. But if you compare that to like a Boxster today, like a Porsche Boxster, right. it's a Boxster's way more competent car. They just, but those cars were 100% mechanical. When you're, when you're buying a car today like that, like a Boxster, right. which is small, you're dealing with all sorts of traction control, stability management. There's all sorts of behind-the-scenes computer-aided shit going on, uh, anti-lock braking systems. There's all sorts of stuff that's happening behind the scenes. I don't I just know when I saw it, it was one of those things where... That's a perfect example. Kind of, I was. My dad explained some things to me this way as a kid, right? I saw that car. I don't know a lot about cars at all. I mean, I was buying a Taurus. Um, I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. He told me, so he told me the exact same truth that he could have told you. But if you'd have seen that car, you'd probably, oh my God, want to look in and be really mm-hmm. interested in it. Yeah. We both saw the same car. We both experienced the same thing, but it's an entirely different experience. Right. And that's just kind of the way, the human condition, which, sure. I, which I just find sort of fast. Like to me, I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Let me go yeah, buy my Yeah, if you tours. don't know, I mean, if you showed me like an old golf club or something like that, I wouldn't right. know shit about it. But if you show me like an old pool cue, like a Balabushka from like 1965, I'd be like, oh. Right. You know, I just, I know 
pool cues. Well, it's I don't like people understand. who don't get jujitsu. You know, yeah, talk to them sure. about it, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, you wear a little cotton belts," and you're like, "No, you don't." Well, that's get one it. of my main things that I have to do when fights go to the ground is explain all the like. If I was doing commentary and it was only black belts listening, I w- my commentary would be infinitely shorter, right? Because uh, you know everybody would know kind of what's going on. Yeah. You know, you know triangle setups. I mean, you'd be going like. Like when we do these fight companion podcasts, uh, we do them like sometimes we're doing with Eddie Bravo, and when we're watching situations, we're talking about like some guy going for his, oh shit, he's going for the armbar, oh, yeah. like we know. I don't have to say what he's got to do now. He's got to be careful of the left arm. If he gets the left arm past a certain position, then it's now he's not in danger because it's past the elbow. Right. Like, so there's a whole what I'm trying to do when I'm doing commentary for the UFC when the fights go to the ground is help people that I know are watching this to just see a jumble of bodies. Yeah. Well, even sport jiu-jitsu, for people who do jiu-jitsu, is not very entertaining. Especially with the gi. With the gi, it's, it's a real problem. Yeah. It's a real problem because it's, it's kind of, boring as fuck. Do you think it's gotten to the point, my dad and I were talking, I mean, my dad's actually Sometimes a purple belt. Well. and he. Um, That's pretty cool. He's 55. He started in his 50s. That's awesome. And he actually hasn't had a point scored against him. Really? Let is alone he a beast? Around. You're a big guy. He's probably a giant, huh? Yeah. Well, he played hockey at U of M. He's a real athlete, and he's stayed in shape. So we actually, oh, I could bring up a, I'll show you a video afterward. But so he's competed all the way through blue to get his purple, not even had a point scored against him. Wow. And um, his thing, though, is very strong takedowns, top control, pass. And uh, in practice, he'll roll with guys who are doing the reverse de la Hiva and all this stuff. And my dad and I believe, and I don't know if you think, is somebody who did Taekwondo. Taekwondo, at one point, where there was some combat relevance. And then when you get into the Olympic, it's really not anymore. I right. feel like sport jiu-jitsu has gone in that direction where you have a guy who can be the best in the world in a 125 division with a gi who would get his ass kicked by a hockey player in a street yeah. fight. And to me, well, you sort of lost Not your, if the hockey player weighed 125 pounds. Well, a hockey player getting started at 200, you know, is my, is my point. <laughs> but that's my dad, when he got started, he would pull a gi person. over their head because that yeah. was a hockey thing. And right, like, right, right, right. You, know, you, you can do, Darren. You can do. Well, so, why uh, can't you do that? I think geese are stupid. I mean, if you can take the collar, like if you can take someone's uh, fucking the bottom of the jacket and wrap it all the way around his neck, why can't you uh, pull yeah. it over the head? Well, stupid. I mean, and that's the thing is 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 it's it's a weird situation you're getting into it, and it's no longer really combat relevant. And we have a lot of guys who are you know the CrossFit thing and all this ridiculous sort of strength training that's come into it, and they're just they never get strong. And I'm going, you know, life Wait a minute, is with the CrossFit thing. They don't get strong. What do you mean? No, Cross. Well, you should have Mark Ripto on. He'll he'll talk about that. I mean, with with strength training, you need linear progression that's measurable when you're starting. Guy like you, right? You can do anything now, and you're going to because you have a strength base. Someone who's never lifted heavy weights and added five pounds incrementally is not going to get a lot out of battle ropes and snatches for five minutes. He's not going to get a lot out of it. He needs to increase his maximal strength. So we have kids come in like, no, man, I saw this. This is what I'm doing. It's the new strength thing. They never get stronger. They never get bigger. And I, we started, and my dad is still of this philosophy, you start because you want to be a sovereign man. You want to be able to defend yourself. And if you're at a point where you, you, you double guard pull and you reverse de la Hiva and, and you're no longer able to actually protect yourself... I don't know. I feel like it's lost. I mean, Hoyce Gracie is a good example. You know, he wouldn't do well in sport jiu-jitsu, but he was big enough, he was strong enough to get it done and protect himself and win altercations. Well, the game has passed him by in a a lot of ways, but I think that 
there are a lot of guys in sport jujitsu that would do great, like Cyborg. You know, uh, right? You know, the, the big, look at Ryan Hall guys, right now on the Ryan show. Hall. Yeah, great. Yeah, great I rolled example. with him when I was a white belt. Yeah, no, he's a badass. There's a lot of really great jujitsu guys, but I, I agree with you. Like fifty-fifty guard. There's a lot of silly shit that that guys are doing that just doesn't seem like. It's also kind of boring to watch, you know, in a lot of ways. But then yeah. there's like Nogi, like Eddie Cummins, guys like Gary, mm. Gary Tonin, who are like super aggressive, very, you know, yeah, submission oriented. Hyperly aggressive. There's a lot of guys. Marcelo Garcia, very aggressive, yeah, submission oriented, attacking style. So there's there's going to be guys like in the Taekwondo days that just play point style. But there's there was always guys back then that were terrifying because they would knock guys dead. You know, even during right. my Taekwondo competition days, I remember there was this guy from the Ivory Coast that everybody was terrified of. His name was Patrice Remarque because his style of attacking was so much different than everybody else's. Everybody else was playing this sort of, not everybody, but a lot of people were playing this sort of point game. Mm-hmm. And this fucking dude was just like sh- shredded black guy from the Ivory Coast Why do you that have would to say black? kick through you. Why is that He's necessary? He's from Africa. He's in Africa. Like, Africa's well, fuck. he could be. White what, from a white guy? A white guy from Africa. That, that accent almost seems guy. fake. The South black, African accent? Black from Africa. <laughs> yeah, that, what are they? They're, they're, it's like a Dutch thing, right? There were Dutch settlers that came to South Africa, right? The South African almost sounds like they're faking an Australian accent. Right. Like a bad comic, like, I'm Australian, right? You're like, that's not real. It's like, oh, it's just South Africa. Well, that's when we saw the two collide on uh, Lethal Weapon. Remember? This is true. And Mel Gibson had at it with the, the apartheid guy. The apartheid. What did he call them? Kefir. What is it? Which, the this word? wasn't they the first one, was it? This was like no, the, no it was like down the third. line. But they had a, like, he was like, Danny Glover was a black guy. He had a, a bad name for black guys. Danny Glover's too old for that shit, you know. He is too <laughs> old for that shit. <laughs> I just, it's one of those things. Like, when you go back and watch it and you realize that Mel Gibson is crazy, you go back and watch those and you can kind of see the flashes. You're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But do you think that Mel Gibson got crazy or do you think he always was crazy? No, I think, I, I mean, I've spoken actually with some people who worked in Passion of the Christ, and I think he got so much heat for that. Um, I mean, you talk about sort of like social justice warriors. He got so many people who went after him, and I just don't think he was expecting or used to that kind of pressure. I think, have you ever heard his, uh, the voicemails? Oh, yeah. Uh, to me, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, it's funny to me, but it's sad because he's it's... an old guy. He's dating this Russian assassin, you know, and she's stealing his cum and well, making babies. And <laughs> The thing that's so then... funny to me is he's like off the wall angry, right? For people yeah. who haven't heard it. Shut up and blow me. Because I deserve it. But then yeah. he goes, he starts yelling at my friend and I. I said, like, okay, listen, listen. And I cue it up. I let people listen for context. I go, this is the funniest thing you'll ever hear. And no one laughs except for me and my producer, <laughs> Gay Jared, where he's like, you have no soul. You have no soul. But I will give you one more chance. And I don't know why. I just find like anyone who's been through a breakup where you're like, I want to tell her off, but I want to make it work. Does I want to sell that? it. Yeah, I will yeah. give you one more goes, chance. But I will give you one more chance. <laughs> and she goes, I don't want another chance. What? Ugh. I don't. What? It just goes crazy. And it, to me, it's just like the pain. Do I think it was horrible the things he said? Yeah, but anyone who's been in like one of those horrible breakups and you feel like you're not being heard has felt that anger, and then he tries to pull it back. I will give you one more chance. He needs better friends. Well, Robert Downey's his best friend. You got really? Yeah, they're close friends. Robert Downey Jr.? That's what he said. Yeah, he came out and introduced him at some award thing. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if Robert Downey Jr. hates the Jews as well. <laughs> 
I don't think I'll come out and say it. Because Mel Gibson, you just get a couple cocktails into him, apparently. <laughs> he just starts hating the Jews. Just, <laughs> just, just, well, I don't the think people it's the that cocktails that make him hate the Jews. Well, no, but that's what gets it out of him. There's uh, people that got him pulled over in Malibu. The cops that pulled him over were saying he's just fucking spouting out all this fucking anti-Jew well, like, stuff. They called the one cop sugar tits. Oh, that's right. I don't know why. I don't know why. I find it really funny. I know it's terrible, and people pull this up against me as an example of being racist. I just find that pain funny because everyone's felt it, and then he tries to pull it back. I will give you one more chance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why. In my head, it is funny. <laughs> Think about the pain of everything you just said. You hoped she gets yes. raped by a pack of n words yeah. and all of a sudden. Oh, that's right. I forgot I'll about give that you part. I, uh, that a, a pack of wild n words, right? Wasn't it? Like they're just roaming. They were wild. Like that's what they do. Yeah, like <laughs> like fucking lions. <laughs> and then, but you know what though? The crazy thing is. You don't know that he hates black people. No. He could have, like, you know, um, Michael Richards. Well, he's in those movies with Danny Glover. They seem to get along wonderfully. Well, and that's one thing I've talked about with people. People go, oh, you're going to say I have a black friend now? Here's, here's the thing. <laughs> if you have, have a lot of black friends, friends. Do you have black friends over for dinner? Do I? Aside from Tony Camacho? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, plenty of black friends. Okay. But the when point was the last is, time a black guy was over your house for dinner? Probably been a while. I'm you hoping you don't me. ask me. You <laughs> You're coming back telling me about some black guy shot someone at the comedy store, and then you can put me in the hot seat. We have a black guy home for dinner. Well, I don't know. Would you guy. feed him? Was it grass fed? <clears throat> Did you feed him grass fed? Grass fed. <laughs> I don't know. Otherwise, I don't know. I just like bring out the corn fed steak. He's a Negro. I mean, what do you think? Is that a bad do? steak? You're all into the grass fed. I, play I coy, am, but I eat corn fed beef too. Really? Yeah, it's not bad. It's fatty. Sometimes it tastes delicious. A good, nice corn fed prime rib. I don't have the Joe Rogan salary, so it's mostly corn-fed. Well, is grass-fed that much more expensive? Oh my gosh, it's, it's so can, much you more. You make some money. Although I've been, I've never hunted, but I was. My uncle-in-law has a cider mill up in northern Michigan, and um, all the deer just keep eating his apples. So he was like, "Listen, I have a permit. Something absurd. I don't know the number. Like to kill like five a month or something because they're just constantly mm -hmm. eating his apples." He's like, "You yeah. want to come up?" And I was like, "I mean, I'm not a hunter, but I could literally just sit there in a lawn chair with my 357." Take a couple of them out while they're eating some Fuji's and a 357. Uh, yeah, they changed the law. You can hunt with handgun cartridges. Yeah, but you don't want to. You, you, Actually, 357 out of a rifle. Oh, okay. Has ballistics that are higher yeah. than mid-caliber rifle stuff. Well, the rifle is just more accurate, is what I'm saying. Yeah, but out of a six-inch barrel handgun, 357, you're actually going to get really surprising ballistics. But you have to be really close. They're going to come saying. up and they're going to eat a red delicious right in front of me. I'll be in How a lawn far? chair with a uh, probably from me to you. These things love the apples. That's the they point. Get that close. Yeah, they just eat the apples. They go nuts. I'm peeing all over the cider orchard property because apparently it helps. And you're just like, listen, you want to kill them? I know a guy who will process them right down the road. It's delicious meat, especially if they're I eating love apples. They're I just don't know apples. how to cut out the anus. That's not hard. It's It makes me nervous. If you know how to operate a microphone, you can figure that out. I don't think I've done a stellar job of that today. I'm not used to the... <laughs> <laughs> it's so <laughs> not hard. But um, yeah, gutting them, it just get, you get you get used to it. it. becomes normal. You understand where to go and how to yeah. cut around. And well, they've opened it up in Michigan because it's just a real problem. Mm -hmm. They're eating everything. We pulled it up the other day. Um, there was a number of the amount of tr driving accidents involving deer, deer hit in Michigan, and it More was than, like forty thousand. Yeah. What it pulled that up again, Jamie? I That's why make, I won't ride the motor motorcycle in the, out there. 
in any rural area with a deer. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, people who live in urban environments, they get upset at hunting. They don't understand. You, you literally don't understand. These animals have vastly overpopulated to the point where they bring in hunters in, in suburban Pennsylvania mm-hmm. because they have no they have no limits. You can shoot as many as you want all day long, all year long. And they, they bring people in just to try to, in a, bar, a lot of parts of Pennsylvania. Um, I don't know specifically which counties, but I know that these guys that I know that are bow hunters, they fly them out to Pennsylvania and they film shows where they're they're essentially in these fucking people's yards and they're they have they set up tree stands and I'm not kidding it's a nice yard but a suburban neighborhood nice streets big nice houses yard. it is it's a it's a home like that's got like several acres like two or three acres and they're they have tree stands set up and they're just just killing as many deer as walk their way I can imagine yeah they, and they have to because the tr- driving accidents are fucking crazy so many people hit them yeah I just 357 is my my gun That's of your choice. gun of choice. Why is that? Uh, you know, sounds good. No, well, yeah, good, it sounds bad. No, you know what? Well, it has a three fifty seven handgun out of a four inch barrel is going to have better ballistics than any other caliber uh, for self defense. And the reason why is I have a giant bucket of thirty eight and giant bucket of thirty sevens with lever action rifles, different handguns, and my wife doesn't need to worry about what goes into where. Mm, so I see what we've you're got saying. quite, and I have a beautiful, like almost collector's item, an old three fifty seven Smith and Wesson. That's an old one from where? Smith and Wesson. It's like an eight, maybe like, like an how, eighty-one. I mean, where? Like uh, it's where? like eighty-one. It's not that. I mean, it's, okay. but it's before they have the um, the internal lock, and it's nickel plated. It's just ah. just a beautiful. It's my favorite. Like the trigger on that thing is just butter smooth. Here's the number: average of one hundred and thirty-four deer vehicle crashes each day. Holy yeah. shit! Holy shit! That's For Michigan. 2012, yeah, Resulted in 1,329 injuries and eight deaths. Wow. Just kill those things. Yeah. Well, they're, they're food. You know, that's the thing about them. You know, I, I I've mean, never I, been I, on I had it, a I joke about, it. you should. It's not, it's not bad. It's fun to do. Hmm. I don't people think it's don't bad. Like, they just... want to say that. It's, they, people don't want to say it's fun for some reason. I don't understand that. Like, it's ethical and it's fun. Like, it is fun. Why deny that it's fun? It's, it's fun, fun and it's things. productive. Yeah, it is definitely productive. It's certainly more productive than shooting at the range. Well, it's especially if you want to eat healthy meat that's natural and organic, and especially if you want to help control the population of these animals. Yeah. And because there's only one other way, you're going to bring in wolves? What are you going to do? Bring in mountain lions and have them run through the streets of Pennsylvania? Come on. I mean, you don't really have a lot of other options for controlling the populations of these fucking animals. We had a bobcat in our yard, and uh, Hopper, our dog, like went after that thing. They're cool looking. They're cool. They look weird, right? He can't catch it, but he would have messed it up. I had one of those in my yard once. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, what is that fucking cat? Did they have like the wolverine kind of thing? They have like the tips of their ears are like fucking weird looking. I was like, what is that? Yeah. It's very strange looking. Their back legs look longer than they should be. Yeah, like, it's what? a weird sort of it's a it's a weird sort of body dynamic. But uh, yeah, yeah, our dog went nuts for it. And if he'd have, if he'd have been able to catch it, he would have killed it. it he would have killed it. Yeah, yeah. Well, how big's your dog? He's you a dog of Argentino. Dog? So. Oh, okay, that's a big fucking dog. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think Ronda Rousey has one. He's a little bigger, and he was a rescue. That's not you know that's another thing for a perfect example of leftists and animal rights. Like we have a rescue came to us with a broken leg, balding, Lyme disease. You know, he wasn't the perfect dog. We've basically brought him back to health. I volunteered at shelters, helped with them. But you know what? I also tell people, if you have kids, you probably shouldn't adopt a dog. You probably should get it from a puppy and raise your kids and know about that dog. Yeah. It's, he's perfect for us. 
he's a little bit racist. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. <laughs> I, and he's a white dog. He's stark dog white. dog is racist? Well, you know what's funny? He loves black men. Uh, older women. towards Black boys. Black boys? Like 12-year-old black boys. He just, he just like, he's just a little leery. Ooh. Specifically them. And he's not aggressive, So he just, but you just see he wants to be pet by everyone. He's the most friendly, pack-oriented dog. Younger black boys, he's like, no. Wow. And he's all white. So that's all Well, there are a lot of dogs that are fucking sketchy as hell around kids. I had a friend who had a pit bull that was really sketchy around kids. And it's just, he had never been around kids. And kids to him looked like little animals. Like, he (laughs) didn't understand what they were. Well, it's unstable. Yeah. Our dog, actually, um, Hopper, he's a, if my wife and I argue at all, or if we're ranting about our day, like, I have to be careful when I do the radio show, he'll sit in the corner, look in the corner, and shake. He gets upset? But it'll actually shake. Oh, so like he was abused? He just, when we pulled out a musket for a video, like a, mm-hmm. never before in front of him, he pulled it out barking like crazy, showing his, foaming at the mouth with the musket. Whoa. So we don't know. You, you know, don't you're know some, what he's seen. No, and right. you're, if you're a kid and you're pulling, hey, cap gun, rah, 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 oh, oh my God. Yeah. You know, it's like the woman who had her face ripped yeah, off. I had, a, I had a um, female rescue dog that you, if you raised your voice, she would just drop to the ground and cower. Yeah, like you, you couldn't say, "What are you doing over there?" Right, she just she had been beaten, and the other dogs that I had from the time they were puppies, like, "What the fuck's going on with her?" Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, do you know, do you know how this house works? Like, well, that's the whole the thing. Is like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to. Um, well, we actually tried to rescue another dog, and a lady wouldn't give it to us because she found out my politics. True story. Oh come on! I swear to you. What? Yeah. Come on, really? Yeah, dog's name is Mister Big. I wonder how. His well, she's day. probably a crazy cunt. <laughs> Well, she is. She was. She was a super hippie, and she was looking for a reason. And so, like, it was this shelter where you have to go in for a whole like weekend and learn all these dogs. So it was actually where I ended up volunteering. And this one dog, everyone was scared of. He was like an American bulldog mix. So he was about mm-hmm. 120 pounds, called Mister Big, and he would just foam at the mouth and be barking at the, you know, at the. Um, they recall fence. It. The fence. Yeah, right. but they all have their own individual runs in this one. And you just go in. He's just excited. So no one wanted to take him out. He was just great. And um, what really got her mad was we had to watch like this dog training video, and it was like how to learn dog body language. And you know, a little like writing comes in, like an early '90s VHS. And I went out, and she said, like, "What'd you think of the What'd you think of the source material?" I said, "You gotta love that early '90s Saved by the Bell font, right?" <laughs> She, like, wrote something down, and she was furious. Because you made fun of the font? I don't know. Just I just know I didn't the get joke. the dog. Like, that dog could have had a house. We're happy with our dog, but it, you know, breaks my heart to think of him. But it, how do you know that it was about your politics, then? That's what she said. Well, she said, because when there was no valid reason, um, because we know the owner of that place, she said, uh, well, I just, you know, I get, I get to choose who gets what dog, and that's just, he's just not the right dog for them. I wouldn't give them any dog, is what she said. I wouldn't give them any dog. Well, how did she know? Did she, like, Google you yeah. and, yeah? Well, I came in, and the guy who owns it is a, was a fan. He's just, like, this multimillionaire who's just kind of a fan, and he, I think he probably let her know or something, and she was... Oh, so he's a fan of yours, but she works for him, and yeah. she's not a fan, but she gets the ultimate decision? He's very hands-off with that, yeah. Wow. How but weird. he's a great guy. He's a great guy, actually, he's this multimillionaire, and... uh people just hate him where we are and you just meet him and he's like he's made all of his money what's crazy and this is sort of something we don't tell kids i talk with with people about this we say well what do you want to be i want to be a firefighter you need to ask him what kind of a lifestyle do you want to live because this guy's made all of his money off of burger patty machines 
you know, slicing really? burger patty machines. And multi, <laughs> like no kid goes, I want to make burger patty machines. But the, you know, do you say, hey, you want to never have a boss and have a bank account with tens of millions of dollars? That sounds pretty good, burger patty machines. Well, this guy's already got the market cornered though. Maybe tell him something else. Yeah, you, you know, I don't know, hot dog machines. I mean, how many more fucking people can make burger patty machines? Imagine if you come along with a new one. You know, he'll fucking box you out of the business. <laughs> he probably like, can. listen. It's the 1%, kid. Yeah, listen, I got this market cornered. Maybe you need to make hot dog machines. Well, you know, it's a perfect example. Presser. He's rich. We're supposed to hate him, and he's a great guy, and he's been, you know, he runs this giant non-kill dog shelter, and he's just like, but everyone just hates him. Okay. You, some people. Yeah, you're supposed to hate wealthy folks that are famous, or that are successful, rather. Unless right? they're actors. Unless they're actors, then you're not... Well, actors talk about the wealthiest 1%, and you know they go out and they talk about the people, but they but don't they are like they are the 1% yeah, in a lot of ways. Well, you're, the one per you're the top 1% of the top 1% of 1%. Well, here's what's really crazy. If you make more than $34,000 a year, you're in the 1% of the world. Yeah. You know what you're 1% in the United States? What? 500000 annual family income. You know what's oh. top 10%? What? 150,000 annual household income. Whoa. So we're actually with a video going up uh, right now at the site. Today we're actually launching an AR-15 giveaway, and we have a video on <laughs> Bernie Sa Yeah, we're giving them away, folks. Sorry, can I use Give your show to play AR-15s? Yeah. Do, do you believe in background checks? Think yeah, yeah, we do all that. And actually, okay. it's done through AR-15.com, and they sell right. custom Well, of course, you have, if you're doing it legally, you have to have background they checks. They ship but to I'm an FFL. Your politics. Do you think that... Well, there are background checks. Yes. Yeah, right. That's fine. You don't have a problem with... The gun show loophole. What's that? Is that what you're talking about? The gun show loophole? What gun show loophole? Oh, well, that's an, that is an interesting loophole. You know, you can sell guns to people. We'll explain the gun show loophole for people who don't understand It's it. just, you know, they say with a background check at a gun show, there's a loophole and you can get a gun without a background check. Here's the thing. I think it was Charles Cook who was on uh, one of those cable news networks. Sorry, I have to burp. I have to go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I don't have a cough button it's here. really a quiet burp. Yeah, this is show is real as fuck, dude. <laughs> we, don't, we don't believe in cough. We're going to, and actually we're going to probably put a cough button. Are we going to do that? We, we decide that yet? We didn't really decide. We're thinking about putting a cough button in the next studio. Well, that helps me zero right now. <clears throat> Sorry. Good. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm just talking. My thing is with the gun issue, what people don't, it's about the, the intrinsic right to self-preservation. Mm -hmm. So a good example is, you know, I have a, uh, you asked me if I did stand-up. I don't do a ton of it anymore, but I have one next week. Um, when I do any live performance now, there has to be armed security and some kind of a gate. It's just the way it is. Same thing with someone like Ann Coulter, Miley Anopoulos. You don't just get to go up and do stand-up anymore. But Milo, does, he shows up at slut walks. Yeah, I do that too, but that's different from an announced show on a schedule where people can, you know. Can show up and, yeah, can and show know up. that you're going to be there. So um, you have armed security always at all of your shows? If I do it, yeah. Why is that? Because of the crazy death threats. And I, I don't talk about it a lot because you never want to be the person like Lena Dunham. I got a death threat because I showed my nipple. It's like legit when you question Islam and you do those videos and you're on CARES watch list. You have to be careful. Well, you did a video that was pretty fucking ballsy where you showed the actual history of Muhammad yeah. as opposed to the history of Jesus. Like the difference between the Christian religion and the Islamic religion. Right. It's pretty, pretty ballsy. And when you did that, is that when... Oh, it was before that. That was a sequel. That was the Quran <laughs> Challenge 2. And um, I remember this was before I was at Fox News. I called Andrew Breitbart, the first one, and I put it up. I go, and this, there's, there's, some, there's some backlash, Andrew. Can you help me? He goes, I'm going to get it to the online guy at Fox. And he said, when you're dead, it's a story, kid. 
And he hung up the phone. What? That's what he said? That's what he said. Oh, and, that's uh, rude. Yeah, that's rude. How so rude. the second one, but I mean, even you as someone who doesn't subscribe to either faith, you know, my whole point is you can point to imperfect people on any side of the, the spectrum, but go to the founders. And there's a huge difference with Muhammad. So we actually showed, um, mm-hmm. you know, what a six-year-old, nine-year-old girl looks like, who his wife right. was. It's not the same as a 14-year-old, which was normal. Well, you showed a girl that was actually older than his wife. Yes, yeah. yeah was, you showed like an 11 was way year old? Is that what Muhammad. you showed? I think so. She was yeah. like 10. Yeah. Actually, her dad is a brilliant jiu-jitsu guy who runs a school in Dallas. It's kind of fucked up when you, you stop and think about the history of uh, a lot of religious stories. I mean, if you, you go back and think about what was acceptable, you know, 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 1,500 years, whatever it was, yeah. it's, it's, you're talking about a completely different era. You know, and that's one of the problems with enforcing a lot of religious scripture today. You know, like there's so many things that people do in the Bible. My favorite is religious people that get tattoos. You know, I'm like, like if you're a Christian, you get a tattoo. You just you got to read the whole book, okay? Because yeah. you're not supposed to get tattoos. Well, like, no, they would say they would argue that Christ came to you know change the law and abolish the law, so they're not beholden to some of like the dietary laws or the fabric laws. Mm, bacon. Um, Bacon, yeah, exactly. That's fabric just really what it was. The, best. the fabric laws. Yeah, the but you fabric laws. But like do you understand why those exist? To have two different types of cloth. Do you understand why that exists? Uh, I would assume the fabric law has to do with the people that were constructing the fabrics back then. That they had like no. gang wars between silk and cotton. No, and, uh, kind of. <laughs> but what it was a big reason for that. You have certain laws that were uh, applicable to everyone, like the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. um, and then you had laws that were designed to separate the Jewish people. That's like a team jersey because mm-hmm. everyone else is doing this, so your beard's going to be this way. Your right. fabric's going to be this way. And so that's where brilliant theologians, far smarter than myself, will say, well, this is why these laws apply and these mm-hmm. laws don't. But my point is, I don't have a problem with, you know, like Tom Cruise. I even stood up when he was like, he jumped on a couch. I, I, I don't really care. He's a little nutty, whatever. Um, what does that have to do with religion? Well, Scientology. Everyone's going, Scientology why, messed up his jumping brain. jumping on the couch, did you think Well, that my point is, a lot of people said, you know, Scientology's messed him up. I don't have a problem with Scientology. I don't have a problem with Buddhism, Hinduism. I don't. There is one religion right now in this world, one religion where over 300 million people right now on earth deserve that, believe that you deserve to die if you leave the Islamic faith. They, these are the people who will answer yes when you say, if someone mm-hmm. converts from Islam, do they deserve to be executed? Yes. Over 300 million people in the world right now. So when you say it's like this small minority, it's because you live this privileged life, ironically enough, in the United States, and you're not acknowledging the founder of the faith, what his callings were, and how every Islamically run country acts. It's not the same thing. It's not the same as any other religion. And that's what I was pointing to. You can find hypocrites. You can find crazy Scientologists. You can find crazy Christians. But don't look to Christians. Look to Christ. And you may not like Christ. You may think he's weird. Don't look to Muslims because you have Muslim refugees now going into Germany, Syrian refugees who Mm -hmm. want welfare dollars for cigarettes. That's not Muslim. Look to Muhammad. Muhammad did kill. Muhammad did call for the deaths of Christians and Jews. Muhammad did screw a six, maybe nine-year-old girl. He beat her, but only lightly so you couldn't see bruises if she was dressed up as a ninja, that's not hard to do. These are different things, and people need to acknowledge it. And the left that labels me a racist, that labels you right-wing because you have a different opinion and you go off the reservation, all of a sudden just completely ignores that and sort of accepts it as, as cultural relativity. Well, you don't really understand the reason a woman needs four witnesses when she's had the, the crap raped out of her. We're going to ignore that and talk about some people here who are pro-life because their hands are on your uterus, and that's what bothers me. Well, I get bothered by 
any ideology that's rigid. Anytime you have to subscribe to a bunch of rules, you have to fast during a certain time of the year, you have to wear a certain outfit, the women can't drive, they're not allowed to go to school. Like any, anytime you have really rigid ideologies, and then those ideologies, you find out that they're ancient and they're established by a warlord. I mean, that's, that's, that is what Christianity, that's the difference between Christianity and Islam. Yeah. Like Jesus was supposed to be a man of peace and Muhammad was supposed to be a warlord. Right. I mean, that is, that's Well, he held political office, he waged wars, he beheaded people, he did all those things. It's a fundamental difference in the ideology and it's, it's, it shows itself in the behavior of the people that are a part of the ideology. In their minds, this is all... It's all like guaranteed in the scripture. It's all right. in their in their eyes. What they're doing is all halal. Everything is, is you know, <laughs> yeah, halal. It's you know, it's one of those things. It's it's also political ideology and, and legal prescription. That's what people don't understand. They go after Ben Carson and say he's a bigot. So he's black, right? All conservatives were racist. And then when Clinton announced her nomination, all conservatives became sexist. So with Ben Carson, well, he's not really racist. Well, we'll say he's a bigot because he said he thought that. Um, he would have a problem with a Muslim president who supported the actual ideals of law in the Quran, Sharia law. And they ask him, they say, well, what, what, parts, what parts do you have a problem with? And, you know, Ben Carson, he goes, it's not unreasonable at all. He goes, well, you know, I think that there are parts that uh, are impossible to rectify with the Constitution, like, uh, uh, you know, the treatment of women, the requirement of witnesses for a female rape, the subjugation of all non-Muslims, the dimitude and the poll taxes, which, of course, couldn't be allowed in the United States. So I, I believe that we'd have to have a Muslim reject those precepts if they were going to be. Oh, my God, he's an anti-Muslim. Like, that's a reasonable position. It's a very reasonable position. And that term... his gun thing was a reasonable thing about the yeah. Nazis. Entirely reasonable. Mm-hmm. The term Islamophobe, too, is a very disingenuous term. Like, I, I, that, that term drives me nuts. Like, if you criticize Islam, you're Islamophobic. What is a phobia? Phobia is a fear. Are you fear of irrational religions? Yes, I have a fear of those. Well, yeah. I'm also afraid of the Moonies. I'm afraid of, uh, I'm afraid of a lot of cults. Yeah. yeah. You know why? Because I don't think anybody should be able to tell you how the fuck you should think. I think the, the idea of having uh, a government and having laws that are established by the people for the people that make sense, that give people equal freedom, that give people equal say, freedom of speech, freedom right. of religion, freedom to practice whatever you feel as long as it doesn't infringe upon the rights of other people. I think all those things are great. Yeah. I think as soon as you have any sorts of uh, ideologies that infringe upon those things, and the fact that progressive people, which is really weird, they'll shit on Christians all day long and have no problem with it, but they leave it, Islam alone. Yeah. And the reason why they leave Islam alone is because they don't want to get killed. Yeah. And that's the reality. They're Islamophobic. Exactly. Well, that's the real Islamophobia. Yeah, that's the phobia is of being not Islam. criticizing yeah. it. Criticizing it is not Islamophobia. It's, like, it's just a legitimate criticism. It's a ridiculous idea. They're all ridiculous. I think any time you... You've, you, buy into some rigid shit that was created way before people understood the world, the way before people understood science, way before people understood the distance between the earth and the sun, the moon, the rotation of the earth. I mean, think about all the shit that happened to Galileo when he tried to say that the earth wasn't the center of the universe. Right. I mean, that's all religion. It's the the, the Inquisition. It's all religion. There's so yeah. many things that have been done, horrible things sure. in the name of the ideology. One and, of the things, and just as much in the name of atheism, of course. Michael Shermer had an interesting piece on the differences between Islam and other religions. And it was all essentially saying, he was saying that it was the the one religion that didn't go through the Enlightenment, mm-hmm. that all these other religions, the, all these other religions, they sort of morphed and adapted to the new information. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, 
some less than others and obviously some i mean when you see the fucking pope dressed up like a wizard you gotta go well obviously he's got some of that old crazy shit in his in his in his fucking war chest but he's he's this pope is bernie sanders in a funny hat he is right he's an interesting one i think he's uh i think he's a faker i think what they did is they found some guy and they go look this is uh we're gonna keep this thing rolling right yeah we like to have the gay bathhouse right above the vatican You know, I mean, they they own the largest gay bathhouse in Europe. You know that, right? Do you know the whole story behind it? I don't even want to get the whole story behind it. Let's talk about Islam. Why is Catholic? Well, I am. Well, I was raised. Yeah. Well, that's also very different. You know, and one thing that you're right. I just don't want to create a moral equivalency. I think we can agree that pragmatically. Even if they have a gay bathhouse, mm-hmm. it's not the same as hundreds of millions of people who want you and I blown up. No, it's not. I mean, and I think there's changed. a difference in Catholicism. Like, first of all, they, you know, th- there's there's no proselytizing. They're trying to convert people. They do obviously shield child molesters. I mean, that was one of the reasons why yeah. the the last pope had to step down. I mean, that guy. The the reason why the Vatican has so much that's power, why Ratzinger had to step down. Oh yeah, do you know he's wanted for tr- crimes against humanity. They want to prosecute him for crimes against humanity. That guy shielded child molesters to the point where one of the guys he shielded went on to molest a hundred plus deaf children. I mean, they they fucking sent him. They would take. Didn't even hear him coming. Oh, it's. Oh, how dare you! How dare you! How dare you sneak that one in? Sorry. <clears throat> but he was one of those guys that actively shielded people. From well, I have a problem with that, and I've, you know, I think people toss religion under the same thing as people of, of faith, and you know, Islam doesn't allow allow any sort of practice of faith or relationship, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, outside of their very specifically prescribed doctrine. But when you yeah. uh, talk about specifically prescribed doctrines, like how much of the Bible do you believe is real? You know, it, you want to get into each and every issue of the well, Bible? Well, how about dudes coming back from the dead? Uh, I'm not going to get into it. Here, you know what I think? Here's what I think. Here's what I think, Joe. And I, I, to be fair, okay, and you might this please. might take a real turn where you might get angry, but I, I hope you don't. I doubt it. Um, it's intellectual Aikido when you do that. You need to have a Dinesh D'Souza on or a Lawrence Tisdale on because you mm-hmm. can say these things. I'm not equipped for it. I'm a blue right. belt. I have, I've, I've looked at the swath of evidence and have uh-huh. made up my mind. But if you say You've this ma- stuff is crazy, this, well, I've made my decision and it's likely to change. And I'm likely, my faith has changed. Has but it changed you in the have, past? Yeah, I think certain parts of my faith have changed. But my point is, until you have someone on like that who's qualifying to do it, the mm-hmm. same people who are going to be talking about, sorry, 9-11 being an inside job or whatever it is, someone wait, who's wait, just who's as qualified. qualified to talk about 9-11 being I'm an inside job? I'm saying you have job. those conversations. Black helicopters. Yeah, black helicopters. I'm saying, until you have someone on like that. Jet fuel doesn't mail. You know what? No, let buildings. me finish this point. This is important. Because oh, until you have sorry. someone on like that. You're doing the monkey fist and Joe Rogan baby monkey. I would do that and do that oh, with my opponent. Kung Fu guy. You're yeah. doing that intellectually because you're not having someone who would be able to argue those points. Well, I'm not here to argue. In those all points. fairness, guess what? I can't argue those points either. If you have someone like that, I would have to bring on an actual religious scholar who's an atheist. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you obviously have your, your you push it and. You have every right to. It's it's your program. And you do as well. If you go on and say that you're a Christian and I say, well, what do you believe? Yeah. I think just between two gentlemen, that's a, a fair discussion. Well, yeah, but it's no, there's, there's no doubt that the way you approach it is certainly more aggressive than someone who's an atheist. Than someone program. who is an atheist? Yeah. You give him what more of mean? a pass than someone who maybe claims to be a, a Christian. But that's not even the main focus on what I talk about. You know, guns, oh, free wait, I'm saying, okay, I got confused. So you're saying I give atheists more of a pass. Yeah, you give them more leeway. Oh. And my well, point they don't is, believe in anything. But I do. Sure they do. Sure they do. I, millions I do. and millions of people killed in the name of atheism. Stalin, Mao. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, that's yes, not what yes, I mean, yes, yes, yes. No, that's not what I mean. I'm no, but I'm talking about they do believe in ideology, a lot of them. 
There, there well, is an atheist ideology, the okay, new atheism. Okay, but the atheist ideology doesn't involve mysticism and magic. Mm-hmm. Right? Some of it does. What? Like what does? When you have people who don't... Well, let's, let's use it this way, right? Let's say I don't understand the Bible in its entirety. I'm not okay. a theologian. Um, do you really think the people who are going to be right now going, this guy's a dumbass, understand the intricate science of the Big Bang? Well, I don't think anybody understands think, the Big no, Bang. No, they don't. Even no one does. Richard the Dawkins Bang. doesn't understand They're it. They're like, oh, so there's no mystic- pretty sure something happened. There's no mysticism to that? Well, there's definitely. I mean, Terrence McKenna had this brilliant thing about science, you know, and he was saying that science wants one miracle. They, they want one miracle. You give us one miracle, and then we'll allow everything else. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll figure out. We'll, we'll explain to you multi-celled organisms. We'll expl- explain to you carbon molecules. What we want is one miracle. How did we want life the come big from bang. non-life? No, the Big Bang itself is the one miracle. The I mean, one how did thing, something come from nothing? Well, not just something come from nothing. How does something smaller than the head of the pin explode and become the entire universe? How does something that has so much right. mass and is so fucking infinitely small, why does it explode like why does it explode right no even saying that the big bang existed i've never heard someone adequately adequately explain maybe i'm wrong but adequately explain why it happened right i don't think they know well yes and my point is do they does anybody know no does anybody say they know not that I know of. I don't think they say they and know. And that's they what Ben Carson what argues happened. about. And people go, he's a dumbass. Like, well, he's a neurosurgeon. Well, the, the Big Bang is the, the one of the ones that I think y- you got to go, well, I think they think that this happened because they have, you know, radio frequencies that they can discover and they can, yeah. they can monitor and measure and we know. Well, that- Dawkins' explanation, I mean, how do you say there's no mysticism that maybe, maybe these cells came on the back of, of crystals? What is it? What's that? Yeah, that's what he said in the movie with uh, Ben Stein. Well, maybe we think that maybe some of these molecules came in, you know, on the backs of foreign crystals. Foreign crystals? Yeah, crystals came in the Big Bang. How do we get this life? Hmm. I mean, it was questioned on it. I'm thinking, that sounds mystical to me. I think at a certain point, something has taken on faith. My point is this. What we're arguing about is Islam, Christianity, all others. We're talking pragmatically. What's the effect? What's the geopolitical effect? What are the mm-hmm. ramifications? I think it's really easy to simplify, and you want people in the comments section going, well, so you believe in zombie Jesus who, you know, didn't exist? That's Listen, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just as easy for someone <laughs> to say, so you, someone who's not a, not you, but you mm-hmm. in your, you know, uh, lounge chair with a box of Cheez-Its who has no Again, concept of science. demeaning these poor people. Has no concept of science whatsoever. Believes, off into a sock. Believes that uh, a bang happened and all of a sudden Joe Rogan's drinking his fresh pre- French press. You can simplify anything and make it sound absurd. And that's... That's why I go back to I think they're smart people, smarter than me on both sides, and my mind is likely to change. That's, my mind is not likely to change in the Second Amendment. My right. mind is not likely to change on free speech. It's not likely to change in the fact that uh, uh, Muhammad was a bastard. Well, I'm certainly with you on a lot of that. But I think that what they're talking about when they're talking about mystical occurrences during the, the time period of written history, which is what they're talking about when you're talking about the, the age of Jesus, you're... you're these are like times where we do understand the parameters of actual possible things that could have happened. Sure. You know, like people coming back from the dead. We have no evidence ever that anybody's ever been able to come back from the dead. I mean, sure. it, doesn't, it doesn't seem likely that yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that's true. a whole different conversation. Well, we also know that that's, people is are there full a, of is shit. Is there a possibility of a miracle? 
which mm-hmm. you require for the Big Bang, and I require well, for I don't, I don't someone returning from the I dead. I require a miracle for the Big Bang. I think there's missing science. I think that there's look first. And of all, there's missing evidence from the you know a good example right mm-hmm. this argument you're using right now. Okay. And I, I want to get I, this is I'm not a theologian. What I'm is not the artist? What argument? But though? an argument that was used for a long time is kind of what you're using. There's no proof of this. Well, for the longest time, people said because David was this huge influential historical figure, mm-hmm. right? And they're going, well, David up until 1993, they're going, this is a guy, this giant kingdom, right? This is the guy. There should be some historical evidence. Mm-hmm. And there's none. Until 1993, boom, more evidence than you could possibly imagine on David, his name on Marblestone. Here is David. Here is his kingdom. Mm-hmm. As a historical figure, now nobody denies that he existed. And nobody denies that the lineage of the kings who were listed in the Old Testament existed when they claimed to. Now, before that, the big argument was there would be some kind of proof of, of King David, and there isn't. Well, so the real issue of with evidence that is argument, not evidence of absence. Yeah, the real issue with that argument is anytime you're dealing with things that are 2,000 years old, Right. Plus, like, good luck finding anything. Yeah, but we did. You know? Yeah, I mean, we find some things. But, I mean, but right. I'm saying, like, saying, well, I'm, I'm arguing for you. I'm saying, like, saying that something right. doesn't exist because we haven't found evidence. Like, boy, there, there's not a lot of evidence from 2,000 years ago. Right. I mean, that is a long fucking time. And 2,000 years of erosion and water and natural disasters and all. I mean, everything gets lost. Well, I mean, you have a great bit on that. And I actually yeah. had a bit similar that sucked. And I axed it. Um, because you said it better, it was if I send you into the forest, how long before you send me an email? I say, if I send you into the woods with a hatchet, how long you can send me an email? Sorry, I butchered yeah. it. It's a but great that, bit. Yeah. It simplifies it. And I was like, I had a bit about like going back to the witch trials and trying to explain to them, you know, germ theory in a microscope, and it just yeah. didn't work. And I heard you do that, and I was like, all right, well, I'm just getting rid of that. Well, bit. my bit was about dumb people outbreeding smart people. And by the way, this came out before that. What is the movie about retards? Um, can't say idiocracy idiocracy it came out the bit was on tv before idiocracy okay so people you stole a bit no nope, well, actually before that, is, that. Ex- almost exactly like yours on vegans and milk oh but i'm not i'm not axing it because i like it let's keep it going um <laughs> anything i'm on your side I'll, I'll let you steal my shit it's already on it's tv not, so I, there's evidence of me doing it back to 08 <laughs> that's good well i was doing it before that were you doing the okay. vegan bit before eight milk yeah it, was, yeah, it had to be formed I, it took a while. Well, I yeah, I have like TV. a 25-minute vegan bit. I put it on TV, I think, in 2013, 14? It, it was, was in 14. Colorado, Rocky Mountain. Yeah, that was, uh, but I, I had ideas for that for a while. The milk part was just one part of it. The real part was about they the won't shut the fuck up about being vegans. Yeah. But um, the the thing about the um, the idiocracy thing the was about the pyramids. It was about the dumb people outbreeding smart people. Yeah. And that, like... If Got one day, like, what would we do if one day no one fucked the smart people and we didn't even realize that they died off? And then one day the power just shuts off. And what do you do when the power shuts <laughs> off? I don't know what you do, but I just sit around and wait. Because I figure, well, there's somebody yeah, fixing that fix it. Yeah. But after a while, like, we'd be wandering through the streets like, who's fucking turning the power? Back? Is anybody? Do you guys know? Nothing? You hear anything? Fuck. You well, go if back this to mic goes out, you're like, well, okay, there's a wire here. Yeah, and I mean, it plugs in there, and that's about the extent of your knowledge. There's very few people, because of the compartmentalization of our societies, very few people, if any, that understand all of it, that understand mm-hmm. the power grid, that understand the purification of the water, that understand the government, that understand the, the computers, technology, the internet. There's very few people that could recreate all the things. Yeah. And most of us rely on a bunch of other people that are experts in order to keep this insane machine that right. we call technology going. So my theory on the pyramids was that dumb people outfuck the smart people. <laughs> And left behind this whole thing, and then the dumb people would show up. There was no one in the pyramid. They were like, hello, <laughs> supposed to get our checks on Friday. And 
there's nobody there. And then eventually, they I moved think somewhere into the there's pyramids. some ethnocentricity down there that needs to be uh, protested. Well, there was the thing, the burning of the Library of Alexandria. I mean, that really is kind of evidence of that. That's what really would happen. I mean, then that's the other thing that people like a lot of black people or African Americans want to talk about, um, you know, the pyramids and that the pyramids were built by black people, but it's it, they were built by Africans for mm-hmm. sure because Egypt was Africa and it is in Africa, right. but. The people from the, the the south, like there was there was blacker Africans that came in and killed the Egyptians that were there, and that's why the the Sphinx has an African face, has an African looking face, as opposed to you've look Define at fine African face, wide you nostrils, thick lips. Yeah, don't you love with Sean King? Yeah. The pictures of him as a kid, strawberry blonde. Uh, Do you see him? <laughs> yes. Like strawberry blonde curls, and every picture he takes. He's flaring his nostrils. He's breathing in. And like that is the most racist thing. It's like, hold on, let me get a black do looking I look picture. More black? I do that. You look kinda like gorilla y. Like a gorilla like you know, sniffing. What are you trying to say? Night. Black people look like gorillas? No, you. You son of a bitch. I can't believe you. Well, that's what just happened with uh, Quentin Tarantino. When did you see that? <gasps> Where he said seen... these savage think pieces people wrote about me and they go, He said savage. He's calling black people savages. And oh. it's like that's the thing with these, the, you know, What's Quentin Tarantino even... is more leftist. Same thing with Matt Damon. I just love seeing these people are progressive and they like to separate from themselves and the social justice warrior cult. It's the monster. They've created it. They deserve to be dissolved. Well, Amy Schumer now. got attacked. She got attacked for some of the bits yeah. that she did on her show. Well, she's up on stage pushing gun control with uh, with her third cousin twice removed. I think she deserves it. Well, you do realize that she had a movie that came out and there was a mass shooting in the yeah. movie theater where her movie was being played. I mean, that's, that's got to fuck with your head yeah yeah i'm sure oh they were playing train wreck while some guy opened fire therefore i'm directly responsible and i'm going to remove uh, your right to self-preservation i don't, think I don't follow the logic trail is she trying to remove your right i mean is yes. she, what is she trying to say i don't know what she's, she's actually saying. pushing legislation with chuck there in uh, in new york chuck who schumer senator it's yeah. part of her, her oh uh, that is one of her cousins like third removed just when she's up on stage pushing that you know i talked about it. when you have sarah silverman saying it's time to, for comedians to get with the times and when you have harrison greenbaum <laughs> coming on saying i'll support free speech but i won't support hate speech it's a very you know you have a lot of comedians who came out and said that um what Nicole Arbor said, which is wildly offensive and fat shaming. That's Nicole the Arbor's a girl with the YouTube video. Yeah, the video. fat shaming thing. They, see, that YouTube video I just thought wasn't well done. And I thought when she went on The View, first of all, you're walking right into the lion's den. A bunch of chubby broads on that show. You know, <laughs> Well, they've come for Raven Simone, Raven Simone now. Well, what's really hilarious is one of their arguments was, you know, a lot of people just get addicted to certain foods like, is, I think that's what she's saying. Well, the, I mean, well one yeah, of and you have Michelle saying, Collins, comedian yeah. on there, Joy Behar, comedian, mm-hmm. yeah. and... Uh, and they're giving her the rules on comedy. Well, she didn't do a good job defending herself because she tried to do shtick. No, 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 no. Hold on. I'm more offended. No, I'm not going to do that. Michelle Collins and Joy Behar should absolutely feel ashamed for telling her. Like, Joy Behar's going, you know, but listen, you're a skinny blonde, you know, whatever. I, I make my jokes because I'm fat. I first joke about myself. You have to be. So really, Joy Behar, you're a Christian conservative? Because that's who you make fun of all the time. It's a stupid, stupid idea. Now they're prescribing rules of comedy once they're offended. And I won't go down that trail at all. And I don't think Nicole Arbor's funny. But that's what they're going to do. They're going to attack you and say, I don't think you're funny, therefore you shouldn't say this. They're I, not going to say. I couldn't agree more in that way. Yeah, and I think that what she did was kind of clunky. But, you know, she's not, I don't think she's a real stand-up. Yeah, she is. Is she? Yeah, from Canada. She's not, she's not fantastic, like but I she's said, done stand-up. I don't think she's a real stand-up. Now, listen. You, you know what, though? Think about it, though. I really believe that the... the you're kind of in America. Canada? I mean, sort of. 
It's North America. Really? Do we want to get it? Sort of. So I guess all those Canadians there and the, the shows in which you took part, they were idiots? They weren't funny? They Listen, weren't really very funny guys, not stand-ups. Yeah, but they're still comedians. How about that? Mm, well, you know. Comedian actually in French Canadian means actor, I too. I think I asked if they were stand-ups. Oh, okay, stand-ups. Well, she did Dave do stand-ups. Foley's actually doing stand-up now. He did, well, at least he was for a while. Last time I spoke to him. He's uh, started doing stand-up to pay the bills. He's got a horrible, horrible, horrible divorce story. <gasps> Dave Foley, if you go and Google the Dave Foley divorce story, I believe it's online in a YouTube clip that um, uh, Brandon made. It's fucking insane. But my point is, let's go back. This okay, is important. Okay. Michelle Collins, yes. Joy Behar, Sarah Silverman, Amy Schumer. Mm -hmm. That should just have your BS meter flinging on it should be going firing so hot you're 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 catching About ghosts fat no not thing? that but when sarah silverman says it's it's not hard to get with the times when amy schumer pushes for gun control well, what is sarah silverman saying that about about gun control no she was saying that about comedy what when she was asked about, about what is what is uh, allowable and what's not, she's like, well, you know, I defend free speech, but yeah, it's not hard to get with the times. Like, I used to say gay, and I don't think you should say that. And she's basically saying- Like, that's gay? Yeah. Now, but it's not about that's gay. Mm -hmm. It's about either it's all okay. Jim Norton makes a great art. People don't like, acknowledge how intelligent he is. Oh, he's very intelligent. It's I love Jim either Norton. all okay- or none of it's okay. Yeah. Well, I had a whole bit about this in my last special. You probably saw like the whole thing about about not being able to joke about things. Right. You know, and I'm saying I, when I say things on stage, when I'm joking, I do not mean them. They're like right. they're, I'm, I say a bunch of crazy shit, and the reason I say that crazy shit is because it's funny. Right. And if it's not funny, I wouldn't say it. But there's some things that I say that are absolutely not true. Mm -hmm. And I say them just because they're funny. But there's some things that are true. Yeah. Like, here's one. My wife is tired of fucking me. I go, but That's she's true? still... She, it's true. Sorry, but man. She, ne she, doesn't, she doesn't say no because if she did, I'd rape her. See, that's not true. I joke around. I go, I wouldn't rape her. The worst I do is hold her down, titty fuck her butt cheeks. That's not true either. I wouldn't do that either. And it's like this whole series of things. It gets more and more preposterous. Yeah. I go, I'm joking. Do you get it? You see yeah. how it's going on here? I'm not raping anybody. She's like one of my favorite people. I wouldn't rape, and then I'd say the, whole, the rest of it. But it's like the the idea is, do you know, stand up feminism. is not stand up is not truth. It is sometimes truth. Right. But it is what is funny. Which well, is like Marilyn I Manson. That you know I'm fucking around. Right. No, you can't anymore. And, and here's the thing. The progressive left, sorry, like Silverman's, the Schumer's, the Harrison Greenbaums, the Joy Behar's, the Michelle Collins. The Why saying sorry and then doing Well, I'm it. saying sorry these names because I know they're, oh. they're probably your friends. But when well, they Amy's do that. Well, Amy's my friend and Sarah's my yeah, friend. Yeah, and I, have, I, I really enjoyed their, I mean, I was a kid when they were doing stand-up, you know? I think um, Sarah's one of the best comics on the planet. I really do. But she was a shock comic, of course. That was a big part of her act. Yes, And now is. she's saying it's not hard to get with the time. So really what she's saying is you can joke about this, but don't joke about this. And it's sort of like the wealthy 1% protecting See, their wealth. A lot of these established comedians now say, well, what applies to you did didn't apply to me mm. and that's something a lot of these kids now you're going to see it migrate the people who are the real free speech warriors like the sargons of a cat like the karen strons maybe uh -huh. they're not all comedians but they're going to be online because stand-up is not the environment that you came up in you may be able to say what you want to say but let me let me paint a picture for you okay because okay? you're super wealthy and you're successful and you know, i'm not worthy um 
But I'm talking about the kid who's coming up in, I don't know, Omaha, Nebraska, or maybe mm-hmm. even here at the Laugh Factory at Open Mic Night, who uses... Don't do the Laugh Factory Open Mic Night. They okay. make you stay in line I all fucking day, and then you come back a week later. It's bullshit. The point is, that kid gets up and makes a tranny joke. Right. Right? Someone complains and <gasps> threatens with a lawsuit. Maybe the booker... Isn't a social justice warrior, but you think he's going to say, you know what, let's just book another comic. I'm not going to take that risk. That's right. what happens. Mm-hmm. And for me to see comedians supporting it, I think you're seeing this, a, sort of a passing of the guard with stand-up to a lot of these truth-tellers online because they're not beholden to those rules. Right. I, I see what you're saying. I don't know what Sarah meant when she said that. And I don't know what context she said it in. Mm, that's fair. But when you say that she's a shock comic, most of her shocking stuff was kind of self-deprecating. Like, most of her shock... I mean, she wasn't attacking people. Well, Jesus' magic was... uh, If you look at it, there was a lot of stuff that was designed to prod Christians, which is fine. It's funny. But Christians don't try and kill you. Right. I see what you're saying. I I haven't seen her do that with Islam. I had a CD called Shiny Happy Jihad. I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, it was was good. It was was a little risky. It was a little risky, but but again... It wasn't risky like what you did. What you did in YouTube, that was way more risky. No, thank you, Joe. Yeah, mine was just jokes. About like suicide well, mine was bombers, jokes. but mine jokes were like you know that like that I understand suicide bombing because I was raised Catholic, like and no Catholics believe in it that much, right? Like there's never going to be a Catholic suicide bomber because we just don't believe in it that much. Well, I'm I'm incredibly critical of Catholicism. You know, being raised in Quebec, people don't understand that in the United States. And first of all, the rights you're talking about, ironically, when you're saying you don't want a rigid religion, those rights come from people who said they came from God. It doesn't come from man. It doesn't come from law. So that is a part of our, our laws here. Well, it also came from people that didn't have the internet. They were writing things down No, with but I'm feathers. talking about where they come from. That was very unique. This was the first society that said, okay, these rights don't come from us. They come from God. Mm-hmm. That was why freedom of speech exists right. here. But it's also the first society to establish itself, the difference between church and state. Yes. No, exactly. And if you read the, you know, like, for example, the separate of church and state mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. It's not in the Constitution. It's written from a taken from a private letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptist, where he was talking about no establishment of a state denomination because they were afraid of a certain denomination taking over. Fast forward Quebec, where I was raised. I went to public school. I went to Catholic school. Catholicism is the the provincial denomination in Quebec. The United States didn't want that, and a big portion of it is if you look in Europe and you look in in Canada where Catholicism was so overbearing, and you have these beautiful cathedrals in Montreal that are entirely Mm -hmm. empty. People reject the oppressive thumb of religion, and that's why more Christians exist in the United States, not because they're stupid and they're bumpkins, but because they didn't have the oppressive religion, so they didn't reject it as readily. I see. So um, That makes sense? Well, yeah, so your um, public school was a religious school. Yeah, it was, and wow. I was not a Catholic. I got sent home quite a few times for arguing with the teachers. What did you argue about? Um, well, I, I bitched when I wasn't allowed to take communion, because I had taken communion with my parents for a long time, and my dad was like, do you understand what this is? Yeah, I understand. He was like, okay, explain it to me. Okay, fine, you can take the bread from the basket. But in Catholic church, you can't do it. It's a whole ceremony. And, why, uh, why couldn't you? Because I wasn't Catholic. Because you hadn't didn't officially get baptized. Taken it, Catholic. I, you get Catholicism. I mean, you didn't go through catechism. Right, all, all that. Okay. And then I also had one, and this will sound really silly to the this, you know atheist audience who aren't Christians, so I'll get off it. But the teacher was talking about, what's a saint, kids? And my school was St. Francis of Assisi. And my parents were always really clear. Like, I had a dad who gave me the sex talk when I was three. He gave me sort of... Three? Three. Damn. I got, sent, I got a call what home in say? preschool. This is a... Like, this is... <laughs> you know <that> I, <laughs> hey! Well, my dad sounds like a Home Alone <laughs> crook. It's like, no, that's like Dom Herrera's joke. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, he didn't want me to learn about it in school and think it was dirty. Oh, okay. So I got it really young. And I actually, even preschool, Catholic school, they were talking about, what's funny, her name was Miss Mary. And her daughter was in my class, Monica. And so she was giving us the whole, like, stork business. And this is in preschool. Like, I'm four or five. And I go, no, that's not, let me break it down for you. That's oh. not how it works. But the pro, and then her, um, her daughter was in class. So whatever lie she tells at home, she has to keep alive for the class because her daughter's there. Right. So her daughter's like, there's no, there's no egg. It's a tin can and a tummy and a baby growth in a tin can. And oh. at this point, I'm going like, well, my dad told me, you know, penis, vagina, egg cell fertilization, you know. Boom. How old were you? I would have been four. So four, she's talking about tin cans? She's talking about tin cans. And I go up to the, prof the teacher. I'm like, well, you're, you know, Monica's saying it's a tin can. Tell her. And she goes, Steven, it's a tin can. Like a pecan. Oh, what a bitch. And I go home. Lying to your kid, lying to me. Well, that's, I go home and I remember asking my dad. I go, dad, is there like a can in a woman's stomach? <laughs> and this is just who my dad is. He never baby talked to us. He just goes, no, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I wouldn't lie to you. And that was it. Wow. So I knew that stuff. And when so I you got in trouble for that? Well, yeah, because she had to keep the life for her daughter. But, like, what kind of trouble? They well, they you called out? home like he's Stevens being inappropriate. Wow. Well, if if that was my fucking kid, if I went to school and this dumb cunt is trying to tell my kid <laughs> yeah. that there's a tin can growing inside some woman's uterus, Jesus Christ. Well, my dad did. My dad went in and uh, we had a teacher. Well, I'll say her name because I can't stand her, Mrs. Lake. She kicked me out of class, Mrs. Mrs. Lake. Lake. You know why she kicked me out of class? Why? Because I said there were 50 states. She argued there were 52. What were the other two? Alaska and Hawaii. But that's 48 and the lower 48. And you don't have to tell me, Joe. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. Well, didn't Obama fuck that up? up? He I said 57. Obama fucked that up. 57. Did he states. say 57? Yeah. I thought he said 52 as well. No, I said 57. Well, I mean, it's a word slip. He was probably slip. really tired, yeah, too. Yeah, it's a word when slip. When he was running for president, you might have how fucking tired that guy must have been. It was yeah. when he was running, right? Yeah. Wasn't it? Especially with how much he drinks. Does he drink a lot? But yeah, it was his annual physical that came back. Like, ah, oh, you're mostly good. Just... Stop drinking so much. Really? Yeah. How do you know this? Well, it was released. Yeah, people really? talked about annual well, physical. Recently Did you ever see George Bush's physical? No. You may not like him, but you never saw it? He was running no. marathons. Uh, his last year of his presidency, benched 205 for five reps. That's pretty good. For an old dude. That's not bad. He's yeah. got that like chimpanzee wiry strength. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that old Charles Bronson deal. Yeah. Well, he he does a lot of really shitty paintings, too. You ever see his artwork? <laughs> George Kelly Bush. You never seen his artwork? I haven't, no. Oh, it's really oh! horrendously bad. Perfect yeah, segue. Yeah, that's right. Want to yeah. bring up Lena Dunham's dad's paintings? Yeah. Well, I want to also bring up why I keep we keep bringing her up. You had a really good video Well, because she that sucks. That's why we're bringing her up. How dare you? you have Lena a real, Dunham, I don't know awful. her. I don't know you, Lena. I'm sure you're a very nice person. She's but not. the video was very interesting because you. you were you were talking about uh, this this whole story where she had come up with this book and in the book she was talking about a time that she was raped but you highlighted her actual words that like when she was with this guy she started talking dirty to him this is before they even had sex yeah she started talking dirty and t asking him if she if he wanted to do this and he wanted to do that yeah and then he did those things, and then her friends are saying, "Oh my God, you got raped!" Like I was whoa. raped, really? Like what? What Totes. kind of a fucking world are we living in that y people are talking about that and not highlighting the ambiguity of talking dirty to somebody, not highlighting the mixed signals? And you went over that. I thought very respectfully. I thought you oh, did it very. Oh, and I failed. It wasn't meant to be respectful at all. Well, you were on, you were honest about it. I, you weren't insulting. You didn't. Oh, I was insulting. I dressed up like Lena Dunham. Yeah, that's tra that's, is that that's trans face now. But if you dress up like me, is that if you're a girl and you wear uh, this fucking shirt, is that am I going to be insulted? I don't know. That's not insulting to me.
If you dress like me, I'm if not I'm ever going invited to get back, insulted. I'll come in like you. Well, then you would be a guy dressing like a guy. But I'm saying if you were a girl and you dress like me, would I be like, that insulting bitch? Like, why would that be insulting? I don't understand that. Well, because I mocked her. Well, you mocked what she said, and you also mocked it because it was being paraded around as if it made sense. And yeah. it's fucking confusing. Well, that's the, the whole problem. There's is, you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. had... Uh, is, are you wearing a wig? Yeah, Beautiful. it's a Bieber wig. I was like, I wonder, like well, now oh. she's changed her hair so many times. She has a little little Lord Fauntleray, or whatever it is, haircut. I, I see. I, yeah, I guess this is... This is old. Yeah, it was pretty mocking. No, that's did an old. You, that's an old did, one. You that's did right more a than one. Right? Yeah, this, this is a parody one. The other one, you weren't dressed like that. No, I was. Wait, you, you were dressed like I her have in the my other standard ones? Lena Dunham outfit. <laughs> my point is, the media doesn't call her on it, and so, and this is where I talk about kind of. We all have blind spots. Well, they did. Not only did they not talk, to her, they didn't call her on it. They didn't make her explain how. Like this is a like. Exp if you could tell the story. Because a lot of people probably don't know what we're even talking about. Tell the story that is in her book. Um, so Lena Dunham claimed she was raped in her book. She claimed she was raped by a mustachioed Republican. She codenamed him Barry. She said it was a night where muscle relaxers, Xanax, and alcohol took him back to her place. She was peeing in a parking lot, and he stuck his fingers in her nether regions. And uh, then she got home, and she wasn't sure how she felt about it. And she went ahead with it, talked dirty to him. Then... I think while they were finishing up, she saw a condom in the house plant and realized he had taken off a condom. And then the next morning, her friends told her she had been raped. So everyone runs with this, and they hold her out as this rape survivor. And here's the thing. It's not that hard to track down the guy she's talking about. I'm not a journalist. It took about three or four phone calls. Um, and I won't get in. I really don't want to get into that because the guy, obviously, you know, it can destroy his life. Right? He's accused right. of raping someone, mm -hmm. has a wife and kids. Um, here's the thing, too. With, well, he I talk wasn't about a the, Republican either. Right. Um, I, again, I don't want to get into the personal stuff, but okay. I, you know, no need to. No need to. Because I don't want to destroy his life. I, I mean, that destroys. You know, people say rape destroys your mm -hmm. life. It does, but falsely accusing a guy of rape is incredibly destructive as well. Yeah. And they don't have any recourse. The legal system is entirely designed to prosecute. End of story. And right. you know, same thing if you want to get custody of your kids. So no one called her on it. And um, that's what I did the video on, that if this is a huge disservice to rape victims, to mm -hmm. women who are actually raped. You right. know, Lena Dunham goes out and says one in four women are raped. I will tell you this. I don't believe that statistic. In the general population, it's far less. But at, like, feminist film festivals, I think four out of three women are raped. <laughs> Everyone there claims to have been raped. Yeah. And these, you'd think, you know, the more attractive you are, the chances of being raped would go up, right? I'm not robbing family dollar. I'm going to go for the jeweler. But apparently there's just an epidemic of purple-pitted, fatty, androgynous, ambiguous feminists just getting raped by roaming packs. That's what they want us to believe. Well, what it depends on what how you define rape, because regret right. is rape. All, pe all regretful That's... P in V, what they teach in college. Regretful P in V? Penis and vagina. Regretful penis and vagina is rape. Yeah, that that one is a really weird one to me. Um, I talked to Thaddeus Russell on the podcast about Occidental College, where they had that case where yeah. these two kids got drunk and they had sex, and the girl was saying to her friends, "I'm about to get laid." LOL. You know, are you coming yeah. over? Do you have condoms? Texting this guy. Guy comes over. They have sex. 
afterwards, they she decides, someone decides that it was it was rape because she was intoxicated. Completely ignoring the fact that he was intoxicated as well. Yeah. They were both drunk kids that had sex. And you know what, man? When I was young, that's what it was. It was drunk people had sex. And nobody felt like they got raped because they were drunk. My was, wife rapes me on the regular. People make mistakes. You know, I mean, people, I, I've had sex with people I, after it was over. I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't drink so much. We've all, <laughs> we've all been there before. You went hawking? We've all been there before. Everybody who drinks and is young, and especially when you're young, you don't really know how to drink well you don't right. you, yeah you don't have a large database of things to pull back from like okay i've been down this road before the third shot of jack is where shit goes downhill right you, you know That's people the purple haired five by five feminist starts looking <laughs> pretty good five. people make mistakes man and you can't say that it's a fucking crime because you both engaged in a consensual activity but you don't like it after it was over so Wait, the it, doesn't, it doesn't matter but my point was that kid the boy got kicked out of the college, the girl stayed. They were both exactly, yeah. they, they both participated. They both were agreeable. They both, they, they, I mean, she asked him, come over, do you have condoms? He said, I'm on my way. Right. They got together, they had sex, and because there was alcohol involved, the girl was raped, which is insane. Well, mattress girl. You follow that Another mattress one. girl. Another yeah. one. Like, almost yeah. invariably, these cases come up. And they're just lies. They're just false. Well, the Rolling Stones story. Yeah, the Rolling Stones story. Um, but Lena Dunham is so bad because then she's holding she's holding herself out as this rape survivor, and you know she's molested her little sister, and she's just a bad human being. And you you can bring up her dad's paintings, Carol Dunham. I mean, there's some weird stuff. His that name's we're... Carol. Yeah, Carol. Can we bring that up? Her, da her dad's named Carol. Can we do this? Is you... a dude's named Carol? That's Carol Shel yeah, Carol Shelby. Go. Carol Shelby. That's all he drew. Wait a minute. What the fuck is that? That's her dad's painting. Oh my god. Her dad's got a painting of a woman, her ass? No, no, not A. That's all he drew. That was his thing. Just a woman from behind, asses and vaginas. Angry vaginas. In this weird cart. Yeah, they're like baboon asses. Yeah. Now you don't think some weird stuff went on in that household? Oh, and this is the girl, I mean, she, what did she do to her sister? There was something... That she admitted something that like she done. reached in with her fingers. She said because her sister put pebbles in her vagina, and she also said she would like she acted like a predator where she would try and lure her sister, like pay her to kiss her, and she masturbated in bed next to her little sister. What the fuck are these drawings? Yeah, this you want to tell me this is a healthy, balanced individual? Come on, like let's just add up. You can't guarantee it, but add up the pieces to the puzzle. And she's the feminist. Uh, she she's the new Barbara Streisand, right? She's out there. And my issue was the media didn't call her on it. Front page HuffPo, CNN, MSNBC. Lena Dunham bravely comes out about being a rape survivor. And when I see leftists going the corporate media man, and they're buying Lena Dunham wholesale, that's what bothers me. But Look these, at that one. This just disgusting. Are fucking strange. You just get. You know, have you ever seen Jack of Orkian's drawings? I saw, yeah, some of them. Yeah, like, what the fuck, This dude? is kind of along yeah. those lines. Along those lines, where it's like, okay, I mean, I'm a big fan of artistic freedom. You should be able to do whatever the fuck you want, but can we not show this on YouTube? Is that why you're not putting it up online? It's on, I'm flashing both. Oh, okay. People are going to have to yeah, I'm just looking say at the, they're over 18. Well, it just seems to me like, god damn it, man. This is really weird shit. So she's because raising it's, it's, that. It's objectification, too. I mean, this isn't just a beautiful There's woman. There's no face. Yes. It's just an angry vagina. That's what I'm and saying. And a butthole. Well, they're all buttholes and angry vaginas. And when you do get a head-on view, Jamie, click on the one above, the head-on view. You don't see the face. 
Look at that girl that like in the middle there on that. Yeah, right there. That looks like something from that. the ring. Exactly. It's and creepy. Lo- what the fuck is going on with her nipples? She, first of all, she looks like she's dead and drowning. Yeah. Right. Or she's drowned and now she's pale and white. That looks like a drowning victim. Like her legs are underwater. Well, he would claim it's pointing out the irony or the pa- I don't know. It's just so patriarchy. Silly and patriarchy. So that's Whoa. my point is she's emblematic of everything that's wrong with social justice warrior culture. And her show just sucks. She's what unfunny. What show is that? Girls on HBO. I've never seen it. Well, you know what's the perfect example, right? You hear about it everywhere. Everyone, all these Emmys, they're lucky to get 600,000 viewers on Girls. The ratings are terrible, but HBO wants to push it because they believe the messaging is important. What's the messaging? Well, it's all the feminist, leftist, uh, tolerant BS that Lena Dunham pushes. They've decided Lena Dunham is important enough that they're going to prop her up, despite the fact that an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm or Game of Thrones can get 10 times the viewership, but it's important for the rape survivor to have a show, and it's not true. Is that really why you think they do it? You don't think okay, that they think it's... a for-profit enterprise. Why would they do it otherwise? Well, don't you think they think they do it because it like balances out their programming or makes them seem more erudite? balances it out from what hbo is always to the left no one like thinks like game of thrones isn't to the left well, game of thrones is inconsequential it's you know the kind of kids who will argue it's fucking them. awesome first of all watch your tongue sir <laughs> i uh, i'm not a big fan <laughs> how dare you i'm not a big fan my friend natasha Legero, she calls it make ups she doesn't like any f- fiction she's like i don't like make ups because they yeah. just make shit up like oh all of a sudden she gave birth to dragons you can't just make stuff up like that. Well, like you she, can in Game of Thrones. Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't. I just couldn't get into it. Like, Walking it. Dead is my show. Okay. Here's my take on The Walking Dead. The new one is fucking better. I like The, the Walking, the Walking Dead. Dead. It's better. With, with the dad better who's shot. always played a terrorist until this role. Uh, well. <laughs> He's only ever been. Poor guy. <laughs> but you know what? He broke out of it, man. He did. Good for him. You know what? Broke there's through a, the brown ceiling. There's an episode I don't want to bring it up, but when he went jaw, I, I don't want to bring it up. What am I lying? He went jogging, and he comes home, he's all sweaty, and then the next scene, he doesn't have any sweat, and then the next scene, he's sweaty. And fear they the walking go back. Band? Yeah, they go back and forth for him being soaked with sweat and no sweat, and soaked with sweat. Very, very shitty job, whoever was the, the set person that dealt with the wardrobe yeah. and continuity with the, the sweat spray. Well, that's a real problem you, with girls, you too, up. because Lena Dunham has a severe perspiration problem. She doesn't shower as well. What do you mean she doesn't shower? I'm making stuff up. I want to spread oh, rumors. Okay. How dare you? See, now you're part of the problem. I'm she, just doing you, the Lena Dunham. But you are what you are is what they think you are I'm now. I'm just joking. You're, just, you're be, being no, but, mean but, but, and I am mean. Vicious. I am mean with someone like Lena Dunham. You claim rape falsely. I know, I've, I know yeah. someone very close to me who was raped. Um, the same thing, you know, my wife and I, we volunteer, but her more so at a special needs place. Mm-hmm. And so when people feign this offense that re- retarded... I've watched special needs people call other special needs people retarded. Well, the problem is retarded doesn't mean Down syndrome. It just doesn't. And, you know, the real, what they used to put on people's birth certificates when they were born with Down syndrome, they used to call them mongoloid idiots. That was literally what they used to put the medical term for someone who had Down syndrome. Like, what retarded is to retard growth. What does that mean? You are slow. You are behind. Like, if you're a fucking dummy, you're retarded. But do you know dude, the word in retarded? Retard. Le, retard. Uh, retard. Like, uh, excuse-moi, je suis en retard means, sorry, I'm late. Oh, you're retard retarded. means to be late, to yeah. be slow to arrive. Yeah. And it comes from this, all the Romance la- uh, languages come from Latin, and right. so that's where it comes from. Which is like Negro. Mm-hmm. It's not racist until people said it was racist, and they forgot to tell all the United Negro College Funds. Or, well, how about the NAACP? Yeah, exactly. That's the craziest one. National Association for the Advancement right. of Colored People. Like what? Well, but that now was we say people of about, color. 
that was funny about that woman, you know, the uh, the Rachel Dolezal chick who was actually really white and pretended to be black and had the, the fake tan and all so that jazz. Funny. It's hilarious. But what's hilarious is she is of color. She's white. You know, I mean, yeah. it was not only that, the NAACP was founded by white people, it was made by white progressives. Yeah. And when it was founded, black people couldn't even hold, they, they couldn't be in a position of leadership. They weren't right. allowed to, which is kind of fucked up. Well, what's funny, what I find so funny about her is now the whole transphobic thing is a new movement. I think she has a black baby inside of her. Does she? Yeah. You're she's like, pregnant. It's like a, uh, uh, she's a James pregnant. Cameron sci-fi film. Listen, she's pregnant and you know... That she's fucking black eyes, right? She's so I don't know deep. it for a fact. I, I'm, I'm I gonna, wouldn't doubt it. I'm gonna bet a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna go, bet the Joe I'm gonna Rogan go podcast all in. Fun. I'm pushing the fucking pile of chips in that she fucked a black well, eye. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Here's I, what's I have so, no problem with that whatsoever. I just want to say that right away. But I think maybe she wanted to have be a little more black. So she had a black well, Sean King too. I mean, listen, you have people who don't aspire to. They don't aspire to be you know architects. They don't aspire to be scientists. They aspire to be professional victims. That we. That's that's what you have with Sean King. That's what yeah. you have with Rachel Dolezal. Well, there's money in that. There's not just money. There's, there's, there's. I mean, I shouldn't say there's money in it, but what I should say that there's, there's success in that. Like, oh, if absolutely. you can tap into that vein quite easily, it doesn't require a lot of thinking, and you, you immediately get people that won't challenge it because it's one of those things. Like, if you, if you become one of those people that becomes a professional victim, boy, you don't get challenged much. It's just. And off. I can see the headlines right now at Salon. Two white guys talk about the uh, black American lifestyle. Well, in all fairness, I am Sicilian mostly, and that means that I am of mixed heritage. That means my there's great, a black great, man hiding in a woodpile somewhere. They, they were raped by the Moors. You saw <laughs> true true romance. That's the fact. My fucking grandparents are from Sicily. There's That's, a black man jumping out of the shed somewhere down with one of your female ancestors. I think it's more of a dark Muslim character, right? The Moors? I think they were uh, they were from Africa, though, Here's right? one thing I thought about okay. Rachel Dolezal. You've got, right... Do you think um, about her a lot? <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, the Sideshow Bob is just a does it for me. I think... Uh, Sideshow Bob? Yeah, the Sideshow Bob hairdo. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know what don't that you means. See it? That it's funny. The what Simpsons, Sideshow Bomb, oh, Krusty Sidekick. That's where it's from. That's Can right. you picture it now? Yeah, I can. Can you bring up Sideshow Bomb? <laughs> um, think about this for a second. <laughs> well, she had to do that. Oh, that's hilarious. It's so perfect. That's but, hilarious. But she had to do that in order to look well, more black. Well, here's what's so funny. She did the black-white girl hair. So she mm -hmm. got the perm, but then she liked the light brown. <laughs> look, they compare it. You're not the only one. Look, who did it better? <laughs> but here's the crazy thing, okay? People oh, say, well, transracial's so not a thing. Transgender's oh, a thing. Why isn't it a thing? Well, that's what I'm saying. Look, Caitlyn Jenner or Fallon Fox, right? Caitlyn mm -hmm. Jenner can go through hormone replacement therapy, get all the plastic surgery, start changing his voice. And guess what? People see him. And they still realize that's a dude. Well, you know what's really Rachel funny? Rachel Dolezal slapped on a tan and a perm and fooled the NAACP. You tell me what's more realistic. Well, she did go to an all-black college, and she got a scholarship there, okay. right? Yeah. Would she go to Morehouse? I don't Would know her. I know, Sean King, I know Sean King got the black uh, thing from Oprah. What do you mean? Yeah, he got some kind of a scholarship for being a victim of a hate crime as oh. a black guy. But what's funny is the actual police report from that crime, he checked the Caucasian box. <laughs> So it's not only on your no. birth certificate, that's a who's on first routine no. at the police station. <laughs> no. You're a victim of a hate crime? Yeah, it's a black man. You checked Caucasian. That's right. Oh, oh my God. Fuck. I forgot what I was going to say because we Sorry. were talking about, that's so funny. You broke my brain. Oh.
a transgender thing's been oh, coming out so fast. That's what it was. My fucking five-year-old man was watching Caitlyn Jenner on oh, the, no. the 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 show, whatever it was. When the I am Kate, whatever, and she goes, "Mommy, why isn't a man dressed like a girl?" <laughs> the five-year-old said that, and my wife just covered her mouth like this. Yeah. That was me with my dad, Richard my, Simmons. My daughter was serious. She was serious. She's yep. like, "Mommy, why is that man dressed like a girl?" And she's if you don't like, say it's really normal, confused. it's hateful. If you say no, you that's a little say, weird. She's beautiful. Yeah. You go, girl. My friend Whitney Cummings. I, I talked about this too many times. I can't talk about it anymore. She put it on her Instagram hero with a picture of him. I'm like, ah, I don't see a fireman. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I don't see a first responder. And he, and he killed a guy. Yes, a girl, woman. Oh, girl, that's right. Pushed her into a real woman. Pushed her into traffic b by spacing out behind the wheel. Well, you had that tranny on here, uh, Buck, Angel, Buck Angel, who challenged me to a fight because <gasps> I wrote about Fallon Fox, and I was like, well, I "What mean, did first, you write?" I wrote that. Okay, this was my argument. And this was a long time ago. I wrote it when I was at Fox News, and before anyone else was talking about it, I said, "Okay," because it wasn't really a national story. Right. Uh, Christiane um, Cyborg. Right, she had her belt removed, the strike force, because they found out she popped for steroids. Remember? Because she took male hormones. Male hormones, yes. right? So they said, okay, that's enough, or we're going to take away your belt. Mm -hmm. Right? Why? Because there's an unfair advantage. Um, well, it's not just an unfair advantage, it's a banned substance. It's not even natural to your body. Right. Well, my whole point is Fallon Fox has been taking steroids. Uh, her whole life, they're called balls. Right. Because if you actually look at a woman taking steroids, it's still nowhere near the hormonal advantage that a man has over a woman. As a matter of fact, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like a walking human pincushion in his prime, doesn't enjoy the hormonal advantage over me that I enjoy over the basic woman. It's that much of a gap. So to act like it goes away because, you know, you, 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 you grab a hair straightener and you put on a bikini, it's just not accurate. And she, and Buck, Angel was like, oh, tell. I'm like, first off, there's a reason for weight classes. Secondly, of course, you need to have the HIV testing, all that, because you're a porn star. Thirdly, I'm not going to fight you. You wouldn't fight Buck? No. Buck's a nice guy, but he's not that big, and you're a lot bigger person. And, Buck's and Buck has a, a female woman. frame. She, he has small hands and small shoulders. And there's That's the whole thing, but it's hiding behind the difference. bully pulpit, right? A, guy, mm. a woman like that nowhere else would be like, hey, Steven, I want to fight you. But because you said this about Fallon Fox, which is entirely accurate, by the way, and I stand by it. I walk it back zero. The whole trans community has to tell me I'm hateful. Meanwhile, Fallon Fox just beating the crap out of women. And you know, there's mm -hmm. no technique there. Yeah. Fallon Fox is not a good fighter. It's just pure strength. It looks very much like domestic violence. Well, it does when you watch it. It really yes, does. Yes, it does. And she's not very very technical. And there's also really a problem. There's uh, My friend Steph Daniels wrote a piece for Bloody Elbow. She wrote several pieces about this issue. And she did a very good job of being completely objective and interviewing a bunch of different experts on it. And she found that there is a big discrepancy between gender reassignment doctors, quote-unquote experts, who have one opinion on it, that right. you are a woman now, you have no advantage, whatsoever and those are the people that they they've talked to the you know the IOC and they've you know made it so that in the Olympics there's no discrepancy but I my 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 position is as a combat sports expert I think there's a giant difference between having a male frame and a female frame then there's this woman uh, dr. Ramona Krutzik who is uh, they wrote a piece for uh, bloody elbow and she d went into great detail. She's an endocrinologist, sure. board-certified endocrinologist, went into great detail about 
the significant advantages in bone density and the fact that the bone density, not only does it not decrease with the use of estrogen, but estrogen is in fact what keeps bone density in women. That's one of the reasons why when women drop their estrogen as they get older, they start getting osteoporosis. Right. And so she was saying that you, you have an advantage. It preserves it. Not only that, there's advantages in terms of reaction time. The, the, the average man Men has are a better at everything physically. Let's just be honest about it, okay? 10% faster reaction time yes. than a woman, which is massively significant when you're talking about striking. When you see guys like Roy Jones Jr., they lose a tick still faster than you or me by a long shot, but he loses I don't know, bro. a tick. I don't know, bro. I, I branched 275, bro. Dude, I hear you, bro. You don't know the rage that I get. I don't. My, I'm mental. But uh, he. Uh, <laughs> Why did you go into Joey D. Sat? That wasn't. That was that was Dom Herrera again. Was it Dom Herrera? Yeah, I'm a sorry. mental. I didn't You'd mean to insult kill me. You'd have to kill me. Um, but the um, uh, reaction times quicker, and also the the fact that you live your whole life as a man, like your your body is your tendon strength. There's so many different things. So Dr. Ramona Krutzik you know, puts this piece out. They fucking attack Steffi. They attacked her. Mm-hmm. They were they, great job ruining all your great work because she had interviewed all these different people with different opinions. It wasn't even her opinion. No. She she went to a board certified endocrinologist who had an objective point of view. Right. And this person said, Yes, there's significant advantages. Here they are scientifically laid out. Here's something I wrote about that no one else really talks about. All these organic sort of leftist hippie growing up, right? They want organic and they don't want BPAs. Well, what's the big problem with BPA, right? We, you know, xenoestrogens, the people talk about it, mimics right. estrogen in the body, and that leads to cancer, right? Too, many estro- too much estrogen in the body. They talk about that, drinking hormones in the milk. They talk about that with BPA and pesticides. So we all widely acknowledge that estrogen elevated beyond normal levels in the human body is probably not great. Right. For human health. Right. When injected directly into your ball sack, however, we're supposed to turn a blind eye and say, well, the science isn't in yet for the transgender community. But don't yeah. don't drink from that plastic bottle. Make sure it's a mason jar. They got lids for that. You know, <laughs> but we have to. But when they're doing direct estrogen injections, well, we don't know, really. Well, then don't buy organic and drink up your BPA. It becomes uh, an ideological issue more than it becomes a scientific issue. And you, you are not allowed. It's like we were talking about when we, we were talking about abortion earlier. You're not allowed to have a varying opinion. Right. Like you have to stay within the lines. Like you said that I'm considered, you know, I'd be considered left wing by a lot of people. But I'm, on, I'm in the NRA. I'm not. I, can't I didn't be, want to bring it up. I can't be left wing. I talk that. about it. I'm, I think you should be allowed to have guns. I don't think that guns are bad. I think we have. A, I've, I've wrote about this that we have a mental health problem mm-hmm. disguised as a gun problem, yeah. and that's that's a real problem. There, there, there's a real issue with mental health in this country, and I don't know if it's unique to this country or if the problem is that these people that have these mental health issues have more access to guns than they have in other states or in other countries rather. But I don't think the issue. Is is removing the guns. I think the issue is trying to figure out as an advanced society with a nuanced objective point of view why people would ever want to kill a bunch of people they don't know. Right. What is it that is causing folks to do that? Not what are the tools they're using to do that. That mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense to me. And taking those tools away from people that would never do that. I know so many hunters and so many people that are gun enthusiasts that are the nicest fucking people in the world and don't do a goddamn thing wrong every day. And to think that you can take away their rights, their own firearms, 
because one crazy person does something. Right. What are we going to do if crazy people just drive into crowds? What are we going to do when someone stomps on the gas and heads towards an outdoor mall, just right. plows over a bunch of people because they have demons in their head or because they didn't take their pills that day? I mean, are we going to take away the right to drive? Right. I mean, it seems like we're going down that road anyway with these uh, these cars that are going to be self-driving. I mean, there's going to be issues involving the rights of people to, to well, just decide it, it, to go out for a drive. The Second Amendment is, is the right to self-preservation. Yes. You know, and people go like, well, why do you get so... Well, oh, you want to back when people had muskets. Right. Well, I did a video on that. You do realize that's completely untrue. Yeah, loose penis. Have Small you, penis. Have that's you heard what of the, it is? the puckle gun? Girondoni air rifle? Belt and flintlock? You know those guns? Yes. Those could fire 30 rounds in a second, you know, or 20 seconds. We have a uh, uh, letter from, I think it was Madison, to a private ship where they said, hey, can we have cannons to stop piracy? Second Amendment, of course you can have cannons. So they knew, as a matter of fact, they had placed orders for some of these high-capacity, really advanced weapons that just wasn't cost-effective for the American government. When was so the, the Second Amendment drafted? Uh, gosh, I don't, I'm terrible with numbers. But the puckle gun and the belt and flintlock and uh, a lot of these guns already exist. Was, high it, capacity was it before weapons. the outlaw Josie Wales Gatlin gun? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Those were the shit. Yeah. Da, 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 well, I did a video da, 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 da. on it. You can, I'll send it to you afterward. But um, December fifteenth, seventeen ninety-one. Drafted. Yeah, Bill of Rights. Okay. Right. Hmm. Interesting. That's yeah. why I never do the well, numbers. Thing. Seventeen ninety-one. They, they, the guns sucked. No. Let's be honest. Look at the belt. Google belt and flintlock puckle gun. Please, um, Google it. The Girondoni air rifle. That's what they used to outfit Lewis and Clark. The Girondoni air rifle. Really? Yeah. Fascinating weaponry. There was. First off, that's not the argument you want that's to get not into the no. because the First Amendment doesn't only apply to a printing press. Right. It doesn't... Well, the Leos didn't have the internet back then. Yeah, People a, had feathers. They wrote with feathers. Yes. You can't just put anything you want on a blog. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's really the argument, right? Well, Isn't know, that the, the argument? Is a, a comic you've had in this show. Well, how about fucking Hunter S. Thompson? I mean, if anybody violated what a lot of people would think the First Amendment should stand for. That guy took real facts and added fiction to them, right. and that was the First Amendment. I mean, he was allowed to do that. I mean, he caused a fucking political candidate running for president to lose his mind because people thought that he was on Ibogaine. The guy had mental breakdowns. I mean, you, you know the whole thing with Ed Muskie when Ed Muskie no, was running for president? Oh, my God. You got to see the movie. Uh, is it Fear and Loathing? What is it? What is, the, the what is the documentary? Gonzo? Gonzo. Yeah. But what? It, but what is? It? It's Gonzo, and then there's something else behind it. Whatever. It's a fucking fantastic documentary. Now it's that's one of my a moment right there. Favorite offers where I could have just lied. Do you realize that? What I see people mean? do that. Like where you're like, do you know this? And I could have said, yes. People do that all the time. Gonzo: The Life and Work of Dr. Hunter S. Thompson. That's amazing. It's an I'll amazing it. documentary. It's so fucking good. But it goes into great detail about how he would just add fiction yeah. to stories. He was a journalist, but he would just make shit up. And so he made this shit up about them bringing in a Brazilian doctor because they knew that Muskie had some ibogaine addiction. And he and he goes, there was a rumor going around, you know. And so he was on. I think it was a Dick Cavett show. It's a fucking hilarious interview. And he goes, well, there was a rumor going around. Uh, I started the rumor. <laughs> well, like Lena Dunham has a perspiration problem. <laughs> Did you start that rumor? Well, everybody, I have here. a perspiration problem. I came here from yoga class, man. I was soaking That's wet. That's true. You came from yoga class. Now, That's the, the Second Amendment goes back to the issue of you either believe in self-preservation or not. And that's why I know Amy's a friend of yours. But when she gets up there and she's pushing gun control, 
Every single show. What is she pushing though specifically? When someone says gun control, we wrote about it. Like I believe in gun control. I believe that crazy people shouldn't be allowed to have guns. I I believe that if you have a history of violent behavior and a history of violent crime, you shouldn't be able to go to a store and buy a gun. I bet you believe the same thing. I don't want to misspeak as to what it is that Chuck is specifically pushing. But do you think those things? Well, I do think those things, but I also don't believe in leaving it to the right. Well, no, because the now see that's one thing where everyone goes. Well, yeah, of course we don't want crazy people getting guns. Right. But do you really want the government then deciding who's mentally fit? If you take an Xanax, you're not mentally fit. You right. ever had anxiety? Right. Nick Diaz and your prescription for anxiety, marijuana, you can't right. buy a gun. No, I don't I don't believe that we have the parameters yet well, to determine. Well, do you realize that. that federally for the longest time that was actually the case that if you did have a prescription for medical marijuana you because get, it's federally illegal, you weren't allowed to have a handgun. That would make or sense. You weren't allowed to have a rifle. Well, that would make sense. I mean, Barack Obama's, you know, federally prosecuted even people in Colorado. Where he's talked about that, that he doesn't really want to leave that to the states. I don't want to get off uh, on, on the pot thing, because uh, okay. we actually agree on that. But the, the gun thing is, it's an instinct for self, it's self-preservation. So right. a lot of these celebrities, for example, I get really bothered personally because I've had to put my wife under security watch because of angry Muslims and union uh-huh. members. And when someone like Union Amy, members came after you? Yeah. This For what? Which is, <laughs> you're, I got, funny. I got, you're one of those guys I can bring something up and you go, yeah, that too. <laughs> oh, you have a bunch of people here saying I doctored footage. I was punched in the face on national television. For what happened? I was at a right to work rally. It was being passed in Michigan. And uh, I was there arguing with people and a drunken guy wailed me in the face. And uh, there were about 5,000 union members. They tore down a whole tent for people who were pro-right to work. You can Google it, and people say the footage was edited, but there's also 12-minute footage that I put up on my channel. Um, people what union? Say, Which union? Oh, it was a, it was a, a meeting of right to work versus, you, you know, union, whole bunch of unions. So um, this was a, was a pretty, pretty big deal when it happened. And um, it's funny, my dad watched it, because if you go back and watch it, people tried to say, oh, you shoved that old guy down. And then he sucker punched you. It's like, well, if that's the case, I was looking for a fight, I would have fought. But there's about 3,000 people there, and I was going to be torn apart. Who said you shoved the old guy? Just people uh, Oh, it's comments. a whole conspiracy on the internet. And I have well, a 12-minute video online. Well, I will. I don't even want to get into everything there because you're the on the internet and you can't pay attention to the internet. How it, ironic. I know. <laughs> I don't have the attention span. So am I. But Listen what's funny this. is if you go watch it, and knowing that we talked about jujitsu and stuff, my dad's like, did you grab a collar elbow tie and were you going for your Uchimata? I'm like, yeah, I was. So you see me grab him. He's wailing. You were ready to toss him? And I turn my hips and you can see the footage. I turn right. my hips in and I see there's like, oh, shoot, there's 2,000 other people. And so I just cover Let's and watch run. This. No, Let's watch we have this. to do this. Yes. Yes. Uh, back the fuck up. So that's a tent that got torn down and with you're backing tires. up. And you backed up. Well, this guy what came in. What is he at you to back the fuck up over? So this is where they say, and you know, if you, oh, there's a, uh, uh, oh, he's swinging. So see, I turn my, turn my hips and then just duck my head and go back. That was like, terrible technique. Your, your hips weren't well, low way enough. Too far. You didn't yeah, get way deep. too far. Yeah. Well, I did it. It's tough. Did to you get hit? It. Yeah, I got hit full wine. That was ba- baby punches though. That guy has shit technique too. This is anyway. terrible. I can't even do commentary for this fight. <laughs> well, you're not expecting it. <laughs> no, but I mean, the, the fucking guy was wind up roundhouse punches like, God, what an asshole. Yeah. But it, I've said this before. Why do people who can't fucking fight at all think they can get in fights? Well, I was getting drunk off secondhand fumes. Not you. That, no, those, no, those I, shit I, I was saying I was getting drunk off secondhand fumes. Oh, he was guys. hammered. Oh, oh yeah, he was hammered. They all were. Yeah. Um, Back the fuck off. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of footage there, but. Um, right to work. Right to work. Well, they hate right to work. They, what? What is right to work? So you don't have to you be, have, it essentially means you don't have to be in a union to work. 
Right. Oh, and they so for yeah, how, if there and, is a union, like electricians' union or something mm-hmm. like that. So if there is a union, yeah, you 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 should join their union. Or, you know, people are yeah. nuts that we talked about that. Well, there's a real issue with the UFC. I'm sure you're aware of it. The culinary union. Well, issue. I think in that video on legalizing it in New York, I did it a long time ago. Yeah, we reported on it. And um, matter of fact, the UFC was Jennifer Wink back then mm-hmm. was working there. Yeah, they were like. I, I don't want to say they were very controlling until they realized that I wasn't trying to sandbag. I'm like, listen, right. this is what I'm talking about. I understand the union, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, culinary union, and uh, I want it to be legal in New York. But even then they were like, well, can you send us a cut of the video before it goes up? And I was like, no, I can't. So I interviewed Chael and I interviewed Pat and I interviewed um, Henzo and uh, Henner Gracie, and we talked about it. And that's what a lot of people don't understand, the Culinary Union in Nevada and their vendetta. And we talked about Bob, um, was it, you know, the, the senator, congressman there who said, the reason I'm against MMA in New York is because it's violent. Yeah, that douchebag. Well, yeah. He's gone now. Well, he, he actually called arrested. into a show when I was on a show in Albany doing a radio show, and he called in to argue with me. Ooh. And uh, I How'd wish, oh, well, he had no arguments for yeah. us. Well, what they about football? Any, what about he's boxing? Corrupt. He's a corrupt politician. I mean, didn't he get busted for corruption? Well, that's is that the, the same guy? When we it... talk about big money in politics, and we won't have time because I think it's all going to go soon. Well, no, no. When people say Koch brothers or big oil, big pharma, you look at the top political donors of all time. 15 out of the top 20 are unions. And I got into this argument mm. over Twitter with Gray Maynard, and he was like, no, bro, it's corporate. I go, listen. No, you, bro. You want to talk <laughs> about corporations? Says, no, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Gray Maynard. Yeah, I think yeah, no, he does. Bro. He tweets that. Um, and I was like, listen. <laughs> These are the top donors. Big, no one wants to talk about big unions. Mm-hmm. By the way, they give virtually 99% to Democrats. Big banks give 51% Republican, 49% Democrat because they're hedging their bets. Mm. Unions, often public sector unions, you have no choice in whether you can join or not in these non-right-to-work states. You join, they take your dues, and in turn, they use those, use those dues to elect more Democrats who give them more kickbacks. So I just think, yeah, there's a lot of money in politics, but everyone wants to talk about big oil and big pharma, and no one wants to talk about big unions, which is a far more influential force, and they get away with murder. They get away with murder. Well, it seems to be a part of the same problem, right? It's like people get addicted to the money that comes out of that establishment. They get addicted to the money. You know, that's what the culinary union, they know that they can make something like $15 million a year if the station casinos all went union. Right. And meanwhile, the people that work in the casinos have voted against it. Now, I don't know the particulars of the case. I don't know. I don't know who's being told what to do, but I know just know that is what the fact is. They did vote, and they voted to go non-union. But yeah. these fucking culinary union guys, they've been attacking the UFC forever, and they've been doing a lot of creepy shit to the casinos that are non-union. They've set up shop I've outside heard. these casinos, and they were insulting people that were walking into the casino. Just patrons, just regular customers, shitting on this guy's... I mean, there was this big thing, uh, uh, the, a video got released, and the culinary union looked horrible for and it's I'm sure there's well, unions are good people in the, in the culinary union just like there's good people in every organization that's fucked ultimately but the, the whole it's a mess man that's a mess the, the unions in the Midwest those are the kinds of, and that's where I was with my lawyers when we were dealing with this and there was a prosecutor in, in Michigan who was we found like almost all of his funding at that incident was the AFL-CIO which is a big union um, and um Matter of fact, I was told there were about 50 people that day, not just me, who tried to file police reports because of that whole tent you saw was cut down with box cutters. There was a black guy selling hot dogs whose thing was destroyed. He was called the N-word. This whole thing happened that day. I still have a piece of the tent. And there were dozens of people who tried to file police reports. And they said, oh, we can't file police reports by phone. It's 
completely absurd. Of course you can. If someone's raped in Florida and you move back to Ohio, you were on vacation, you can call in and say, hey, my daughter was raped in Florida. So a lot of people tried to file reports. They weren't able to. Uh, a lot of people were in the tent when it went down. And the same thing ha happened, you know, attack the messenger. Oh, you, you, well, you really had no business being there. You were provoking it. Here's the beauty about assault. <laughs> if I right here go, hey, Joe Rogan, I think you suck. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo, you can't hit me. Guess what? You still can't hit me. Right. That's the law. Right. You're only allowed to hit someone if you really believe that your life is, or your health is right. in danger. Yeah. So and most um, of the time, you got to be hit first. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's hard to argue otherwise. I mean, if you t two people are staring at each other and they're yelling at each other and someone decides to throw the first punch, that person is the antagonist. That's right. the person who caused the issue. Well, it, there's mutual combat laws and all that stuff. But well, in Seattle. It's in Washington State. Yeah. What's the name of uh, the superhero guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Phoenix Jones. He's a good fighter. Yes, he is. That's the he's fucking got the leg problem. Kicks. <laughs> he's fucking very Did you ever good. see that one where he's like, mutual combat? Yeah. You want to go mutual yeah. combat? Yeah. And the he, guy goes he, up and he just... Whack! Leg he, kick, he and the guy stopped. The, he, the guy was like, "Oh no! Oh, I've yeah. made a bad choice." Yeah, he's really good. That's yeah. that's Fyodor, part of the problem. Fyodor, what's his name? Fyodor. Uh, Carlos Fodor. Fodor. Yeah, is his is it, that's his brother. Well, his brother's right? a fighter too. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what his name is, but yeah, what is his? He calls himself Phoenix Jones, right? What is his real name? I don't know. He's a fucking very good fighter, though. You but, could say it's really almost mean, you know, <laughs> that he walks around with a superhero outfit on. It's not people <laughs> It's not fair at all, because he's fucking good, he's man. like, I don't want to fight. I'm here to keep peace. But you know, yeah. deep down, he's like, give me a reason. P please give me give a reason. reason. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious for him. But he's been stabbed. Like, he's he's like he's had, like, legit issues. With, oh, yeah. He's broken up fights or stopped robberies and stuff. Well, the worst part is, like, there was one that was, like, the domestic abuse case. And um, those he are always got scary him, ones, Well, because right? it doesn't matter. The woman's still going to protect her man, even if it's mm -hmm. well. So he goes in and separates, and then, ah, my, you know, she's wailing on him. You ever seen that? You ever seen that no, one? No, I don't even want to see it. Domestic abuse, abuse cases, they fucking freak me out because I grew well, up more, with that. more women committed than men. Really? Yeah, by far. It's not even close. What? That's why they're such not a Not even close? Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, but they don't do much damage. That's the point. Yeah, but that's the point. We let him go. Well, Ronda Rousey admitted recently that she beat the shit out of one of her ex-boyfriends because she caught him taking pictures of her. And everybody's like, well, fucking free pass. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I believe it because it's Ronda Rousey. Like if a girl says, well, if a girl says she beat the fuck, well, I know the dude. He's actually a very, he's a very good fighter. He could fight himself. But when when Ronda Rousey says she beat a dude's ass, everybody goes, I can see that. Yeah, but that's probably because of the, the Tom Jones syndrome, where he realized he was wrong and took it. I mean, oh, you yeah. see her with Tom Gerard Jones Musa. syndrome. What's that? Yeah, he, he well, it's a famous Tom Jones, the singer. Yeah, Tom Jones. He talked about when he cheated on his wife, and she found out, and she just beat the hell out of him. He's like, and I sat there and took it because I deserved it. And that's usually what happens in domestic abuse. Most This is actually something you should have her on, Karen Strawn, where we talked about it. Oh, that girl writes what chick? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I would love to have her on. She, yeah. um, she talked about it, how you know uh, men were unfair, were, have always been punished for domestic abuse. It's not like it's ever been okay. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, I think it was Teddy Roosevelt in 1906, wanted to bring back the whipping post for domestic abuse because he thought it was unfair to put a man in prison because then he could no longer provide for his woman. On the flip side, if a man was domestically abused, you were basically dragged through the street and shamed. So um, most men never they reported- They dragged them through the street? Well, I mean, they would parade you through the street. You'd be you ashamed. You bitch. That's not policy. Whipping post was policy. This is cultural <clears throat> sort of context. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, domestic abuse is actually higher in lesbian communities. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's higher in lesbian communities. Well, per capita. But there's not that many lesbians, right? 
I, so I don't different. know. I don't have a chart, but I imagine there's. I bet yeah, there's less per capita, lesbians no, than there are capita straight people. Much, yes, yes. <laughs> I would wager. Um, mm. So it's uh, how much higher though? I don't have the numbers in front of me. It's well, it's, Jamie uh, does. Jamie, look up domestic it's, violence in the lesbian community. <laughs> it's not as much higher between the lesbian community and the straight community as it is between women against men. Women, so women versus men, domestic violence. Is this just reported domestic violence? Okay, Because a lot question. of women get smacked around. They don't report it. Honest question. Okay. Has your wife ever smacked you? No. She never punched you in the arm? No, she's not like that. Really? No, she's not like that at all. Okay. She's super easygoing. Okay, That's my, why my I'm wife's, married to her. My wife's like... Punch me in the arm. I, I grew up you. around violence, and I don't like it. I mean, it sounds crazy talking to a guy who's a cage fighting commentator <laughs> who's done <clears throat> black, done martial arts his whole life. But I don't like violence. I'm the same way. I don't even. I don't like action films. I don't mind uh, seeing it. Like I don't. I, I like fights, and I've I've, I've like I always enjoyed competing. I, I don't. It's not that, but that doesn't seem like violence to me, even though it is. That is, uh, you're you're you have. A mutually agreed upon meeting of two very skilled people who are going to try to impose their discipline, their will, their focus, right. their technique, their intelligence, and their preparation on each other. That's how I look at fighting. Yeah, it's competition. But I don't like people that love each other hitting each other. That shit drives me crazy because I grew up with it. And I don't, I don't, I would never date a girl who tried well, to fo- hit me. Full disc- okay. I don't want to make my wife sound but like a monster. Your wife beats your ass. <laughs> my wife, she fucked uh, you up. Well, my wife's got range. She's six foot and she's got this. <laughs> she's got a long jab. Yeah, she was a runway model for years. <laughs> uh, she like you know, and and I milked. Like, it didn't hurt, but it's a you know, it's a good example. It right? didn't hurt, but you milked it. <laughs> yeah, I milked it. I went to the bar and left, and I was like, you know what? I need to cool down. I'm turning around like, oh my gosh, I've you know, I can get whatever I want for the next week. Terrible. Don't do that. It's bad for your marriage. But it worked. Um, I will say this. That a good example is like a dog. I see little dogs get into fights all the time. Uh huh. They don't if, hurt each other. If Hopper does it, they right. take him away. Right. Of they course. take him away. Of course. He's never done it. But I've had. He was bitten by a little Pomeranian, mm-hmm. and uh, one time a dog did bite him. It was the only time he actually had black fur in his teeth. But here's the thing: if Hopper wanted to bite his neck, he would have bitten his neck. People right. don't realize dogs. That's a clipping. That's like the mom sound of the teeth. Mm-hmm. That's to say, back off. But uh, I, you know, my friend, actually, my producer, Gay Jared, he's got a little. Uh, 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 Australian Shepherd, and they'll get into fights. You call him Gay Jared. Is that what you call him? He or claims, is his he claims first he's name not gay. gay. He claims he's not gay. The oh, jury's okay. still on. Okay. His Twitter handle is not Gay Jared. Jury. You can follow his. It's not Gay Jared. That's his that's Twitter, his Twitter handle? handle. It's N O T G A Y. You can follow him and draw your own conclusions. <laughs> Legally, I'm obligated to say he's not. <laughs> Another one. There's a lot of those guys. <laughs> See, I think it's fucked up, man. I think it should be really easy to be gay, and then we would find out who the fuck is who. No, no, no. I would we'd, never we'd problem get with the it. real he numbers. Just says he's not. Okay, let's see here. National Violence Against Women survey found that 21.5 percent of men and 35.4 percent of women living with same-sex partners experience intimate partner physical well, that's, violence. Well, that includes gay, not lesbian. Well, that's well, no, you know, yeah, that's exactly what we're saying. So we're, that shows that lesbians are more likely to beat oh, yeah. up their partners than gay men are. Much um, more comparable with 7.1 and 24. Point four percent for men and women, respectively, with a history of only opposite sex cohabitation. That's crazy. So what that says is that seven point one percent of women have experienced domestic violence by men, but twenty point four percent of men have experienced domestic violence by women. The good thing, wow. what that says to me, is that I am not alone. Joe. Okay, but that's Massachusetts. See that right there? Massachusetts is filled with monsters. Drunk Those women, you fucking queer. They beat your ass. They're terrible people. The only, <laughs> the only chick people. that I ever had take a swing at me was a girl that I dated from Boston. Really? 
she took a swing at me while I was fighting. I was I was in the middle of competition back then. Like I was I was Taekwondo. I was now I was kickboxing. I was fucking crazy. Like and this chick took a swing at me and I watched it coming and I was like, I don't even believe this is happening. And I ducked under it and I grabbed a hold of her. I'm like, What are you doing? Are you hitting me? Are you yeah. trying to hit me? I that was the only time a girl Ah, you fucking queer. <laughs> They're monsters. They're drunk. They're eating potatoes. They're just fucking swinging at you. That's why it's Massachusetts. I bet you look at the rest of the country, it's probably totally different numbers. No, I don't think it's totally different numbers. <laughs> Speaking of kickboxing, have you seen Guy Mesker recently? Yeah. That guy is in great shape for his age. Oh, he's in very good shape. He's on. He's had some um, some issues with uh, cognitive yeah. um, behavior, you know, is is is. is Damage from uh, his fighting career, but uh, he's actually I have to have him on because we talked about this He's he's gone through some pretty unique therapy. There's a guy in Dallas. That's uh, doing some very unique therapy dealing with a lot of the cognitive issues that mm -hmm. he had because of his uh, Long-term fighting career. Well, he's close. He's really taking my dad under his wing um, guy is he's yeah. a great dude well, he's become I want like to say he's a great guy, but I just I know couldn't it's too guy's a great guy He's a great guy, but he really is he's very intelligent. And he's he's soft-spoken. He's just a really good person Yeah, he really really is and he's been very very supportive of my father there and there have been like jiu-jitsu politics and stuff So my dad actually moved there from another school and um, I, yeah, I was just gonna say I mean jiu-jitsu politics how gross Well, you know what it is. I, I mean know, I'm the but... world's longest talked about that like I've been a I've been a blue belt for, I mean, I can't remember how long because I moved and they saw it as like an act of disrespect and I had to compete to get my blue belt, Joe. I had to win, it's like, it doesn't mean much, but I had to win Naga Worlds at white, which in Dallas, which means you might have people coming in from like 15 states, you know, there might be right. 12, 15 people <clears throat> in your division who yeah. are likely sandbagging. Right, right, right. And then I was like, we've had people who were demoted. From uh, demoted, demoted because of, like you trained with other people, so it's just one of those deals. My oh, dad started God. training two, three years after me. And got you got to get away from any school that does that. That there's only a few schools that do do that, but God damn it, when they do that, it's so disrespectful and it's so bad for the whole overall community of martial arts because it turns people off when they realize that there's that kind of politics. Yeah, it's terrible, man. I mean, Eddie Bravo experienced that for the longest fucking time because yeah. they thought he was disrespectful because he was teaching no gi jujitsu because he decided to develop a no gi system, not even realizing that he's fucking he has a black belt in the Jean Jacques Machado. Okay, and, and he trained with the gi forever, right? It's not that he doesn't want to train with the gi He's trying to train mixed martial arts fighters and he's developing a system that would work with mixed martial arts competition Which of course you can't wear no, a I gi will anymore. say though I will say this and I, I actually I think Eddie Bravo is an incredible grappler But there is nothing more frustrating than when you have a kid come in with uh, long pants And he just wants to sit in rubber guard and doesn't know how to use it because he's read a book and he's yeah. like talking about his edible mushrooms. You're like, how about <laughs> how about you learn a hip bump, bitch? You know what I mean? And then sorry, mom. well, you're always gonna have problems. Yeah, I call that the the blue belt hysteria syndrome. Yeah, but I like, tell you what, when there I was, was a, a blue rash belt, of him. Yeah, well, you're gonna get that. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be a contrarian. It's fun to go against the grain oh and be gosh. a rebel. And they're like holding you in this poor rubber guard. And that's actually mm -hmm. a good example. You know, one of my Brazilian instructors can't stand Eddie. Um, and he'll go, you know, what is that? What's rubber guard? I tell you what, it's Nino Chambri. He's taken from Nino Chambri. Nino Chambri trained with Eddie. I know, I Eddie know. All kinds of props. But that's the kind of stuff you have to deal with in yeah. jiu-jitsu. Well, that's people that are silly. How, how much does your guy weigh, this Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor? How much what? How much does he weigh, this guy that doesn't like Eddie? He, well, he's about 210. Oh, that's a problem. Eddie's about 170. 
if they're the same. Oh, even though fucking Eddie probably. Still I, mean, I think you can them. learn something from everyone. Yeah, but guys who talk shit like that and they've never experienced it. You roll with Vinnie Magalhaes. Vinnie Magalhaes is about two twenty. Well, Brazilians really hate him. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Because he came out and said Brazilians, Brazil's a crap hole compared to the United States. I like living here. <laughs> and uh, like, oh, you, you turn on your country. I want to fight. It's like, well, you know what? He was a fight. I want to fight. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, like, if you ever want to actually do an impression, like there are different dialects, but Diego Brandao, just imitate him. It's the most severe. Yeah, he's got a good one. He's got a good one. There's just a, a little lot ball of, of hate. Yeah. Diego Brandao. Yeah, he's, well, he looked really good in his last fight. He, what did he the fuck did he fight? He fought a Japanese guy. Um, oh, yeah. Um, it was in Japan, wasn't it? Yes. Mitsugaki? Did he no, fight no, Mitsugaki no. is really, that's the guy who. That's uh, 135. Mitsugaki is the guy. 145. Uh, Dominic Cruz massacred. Right. He fucked somebody up, though, man. Who the hell was it? Oh, oh, oh. The dude who throws that crazy fucking front kick. Kakuno. Uh, yeah. I don't Kukuno. know. I know the Japanese Kukuno. weren't too happy with Kukuno that. Kakuno got fucked up in his last fight by Tony Ferguson, too. He's having a hard Hey, time you know who doesn't there. have racial guilt? Who? Japanese people. No, they don't. They don't. You're they never going to hear Japanese people say, I don't care what my grandkids look like. No. No, 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 no. They're racist as fuck. Bob Sapp. <clears throat> Put him yeah. on a billboard eating bananas. Yeah, they make him eat bananas. <laughs> they didn't give a fuck. We but never seen a black man like you. Bananas. Yeah, you, you are like a gorilla. <laughs> yeah, they, but they he, stole that he, giant he, sex he toy. ran with it to the bank. He ran with it to the bank. And then ran out of the cage. Got well, his money. We actually um, had an issue with them with the Yakuza. You know, they, yeah. There was a, an issue where they wanted him to fight without a contract. And he was like, um, I need a contract. After the fight, we give you a contract. After the fight, what? Well, let me say fuck? one thing about Guy Mesker, and we have to go, right? I think yeah, we're, it's, we're about three hours. All here. right, sorry. Guy Mesker, I will say it's just because obviously it's my home gym, but mm -hmm. just for one second, it's arguable Antonio Rogério Nogueira and the Arona fights. Those were really close. Those could have mm -hmm. gone either way. Right. If you reverse those and the Vanderlei headbutt doesn't happen and it goes to a decision, he goes in the list of top light heavyweights ever. Well, he's an excellent fighter. You know, I mean, he was always an excellent fighter. But no one mentions him in the mix. <clears throat> well, that's unfortunate. He was an early adopter. You know, I mean, he was one of the guys in the the real early days of MMA. And he was also, like, one of the best. You look at, like, his style of kicking, his kickboxing style. He's one of the best traditional kickboxing style guys that, like, got into MMA. He had, yeah. like, a lot of, like, really good skills back then. But the Vandalay headbutt was a big turning point. I mean, he was doing well in that fight before yep. that happened. Yep. And uh, Vandalay head butted him. It was, I'm not saying he would have won the fight. No. But I'm saying if you take a couple of those controversial decisions mm -hmm. and they go the other way, you put them right up there. Right. These guys like Tito and Chuck. And I mean, he was doing well. He, you know, he was doing really well with Chuck yeah. until that he got clipped. Which Chuck is, you know, is a monster. Back then, he was really a monster. It was, it's interesting because Chuck's style back then was to take shots because his chin was so fucking right. sturdy. To take shots and just stay in the pocket and blast you. And then eventually that gave out. The, the chin gave out. And like, he's the best example of why you can't fight like that. Like, look at a guy who had a chin that was so amazing. But knock. imagine if Chuck. With that chin, fought like T.J. Dillashaw. Fought an elusive, fast-moving, fast footwork style where he's very hard to hit, but mm -hmm. still had that ridiculous power. Yeah. Man, I mean, obviously, they're different weight classes. It would be very difficult for him to move like that. But if he fought a more defensive-oriented style with that punching power and just utilized it sparingly at openings, but... Then he wouldn't have been Chuck Liddell. That you know? Rashad knockout is one of the worst I've ever Ooh, seen. It's horrific. Yeah. Well, the Rich Franklin one was even more disturbing to me because it didn't look like he had hit that hard, and it just he just his body was already done. Yeah, you can only yeah. get hit in the button so many times. 
Sorry, I didn't well, mean to take you down a rabbit trail with that. Yeah, no, it's true. It's totally true. It's totally true. It's and you know that's one thing that's like super important to tell young fighters. You know, I always say that Mighty Mouse is the best. I really think he's the best fighter in the world, pound for pound. And one of the reasons why is that fucking guy doesn't get hit. He's so slick and he moves so well and he's all about technique. That's yeah. why in his last fight he goes, "Look at me, I'm pretty as a motherfucker." And one I just thing I will five say, rounds. And I will say that bothers me because oh, heavyweights don't have technique. Here's one thing my dad and I talk about a lot. The margin for error at heavyweight or light heavyweight is much less than mm -hmm. a lower division. They may be faster, sure. but the fact is, guess what? You can take 50 shots at flyweight. You take one shot wrong at heavyweight. There's a reason if you watch if you watch high-level heavyweight jiu-jitsu, they are fighting often to stay off the bottom, mm -hmm. except for guys like Cyborg. Um, because it's a, it's a whole different ballgame elevating 250 pounds or getting hit by it. So when people say... Mm -hmm. Oh, the heavyweights aren't as good technically. I go, well, actually, the fact is you get hit. You can't get hit once at heavyweight. You have to be more evasive. There's less room for error. And I, it's not just because I'm a relatively big guy. I'm not, you know, I'd be a middleweight probably if I ever had the balls to fight, which I don't. But I, as someone who comes from a long line of heavyweights, that's the first thing they say what if my dad runs over. I'm, well, you're just big. Well, there, it's also the issue with gravity. Like the heavyweights have to deal with so much more gravity. It's ho so much harder to move. It's just harder. Well, I mean, you can bench 150 all day. Yeah. How often can you bench 275? Exactly. Yeah. Not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. Not even Brock Lesnar can do that like it's flyweight. Exactly. And it's also like to find a guy who's a heavyweight like Muhammad Ali who would move like that, that's one of the reasons why he was such an outlier. Like nobody had ever seen a heavyweight that could dance like that and move around like that. And like yeah. no one had prepared for it. Like Sonny Liston was like this plotting, murderous puncher and really had no answer for that style. Right. Because it's not supposed to exist. Like a guy's not supposed to be that heavy and be able to move that good. Yeah. It's a lot harder. But even him, when he got older, that shit went away too. And the you only know? thing that I really disagree with you on is, uh, just before we leave, is you said what? George St. Pierre, who's a national treasurer about to cross some lines, said that he got out while the wolves were at the door. Disagree, my friend. Well, you don't think he got out while the wolves were at the door? Who? Look, I think George St. Pierre is Johnny amazing. Well, it's not just Johnny Hendricks. Yes. It's Robbie Lawler. Oh. There's a lot of fucking really good fighters. But Lawler Robbie was losing Lawler's fights in strike force. While it's not like he 185. He's fighting 185. Uh, you know, because people take it and they 15 go, he pounds all these good lot. fighters. It's a lot of weight yeah. to give up when you're at an elite level. And he really wasn't a 185-pound guy. He's not even a big 170. He makes weight easily. Whereas opposed to like Johnny Hendricks can't even fucking make the weight anymore. They're going to make him go up to 185. Well, Pat's a good friend of mine. He talked about how Lawler would just come in, barely warm up, and just... Fight. That he's an training. animal. He's not like a. He's not methodical like George St. Pierre. No, but well, I, jo George, I'd like his style better because George's style is so unpredictable, and I think that he really set the groundwork for. Faraz Sahabi is a wizard. He's one of the very best trainers in the world, and Faraz has like brilliant breakdowns of MMA mm -hmm. and brilliant breakdowns of fights. And when you talk to him about it, and when he talks about training. He, he talks about overloading guys' mind with possibilities, and right. that's what George did. You never knew what the fuck he was going to do. You know why his wrestling is so good? A lot of people don't understand this. There is no wrestling in Canada. Well, he trained with Russian nationals. He trained with Russian nationals in the Canadian yeah. Olympic team. Mm -hmm. So it's not like where you have some guy in the UFC who had some high school wrestling experience. Either right. you don't wrestle or you wrestle with the best in the entire country. Well, he's also super open-minded. I mean, I, I did a little bit of training with George, and he just listens to everything and soaks it all in, and you can see his mind working like a fucking computer, the way he, he takes in technique. And, uh, you know, he did a lot of work with John Donaher on his jiu-jitsu, and he just seeks out people that are going to, like, find little things that he can do better, and he listens. He doesn't have an ego about it at all. That's because you don't know how, how dark it is inside that Dark. Inside my head. In the alien. 
alien. The You're alien see about come it. to get me occasionally. <laughs> Uh, we got to get out of here. This is we're out of time. We're three three hours in. This is a lot of fun, man. Thank you very much. If you're yeah, you in town, me. we'll do it again for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Uh, S Crowder on uh, on Twitter, right? Yeah. Uh, your uh, YouTube page. Our site is louderwithcrowder.com. Louderwithcrowder.com. To win an AR15. All right, you fucks. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye.